The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. I got to tell you, there's just so much to talk about today. Plus, it's Free Speech Friday, so anything you want to chime in on, you're certainly welcome to. Could be uh, something during the course of the week you didn't have a chance to talk about or previous weeks, or it's something brand new that just hit you. 888 You can also tweet at Pat Unleashed. Hashtag tell Pat. Hashtag put that in your pipe. Thank you. Uh, well, of course, the gun control stuff continues because, uh, you know, the experts are making the rounds. The 17-year-old experts who mm. self-proclaimed experts, of course. Uh, so we've, we've got a lot on that today. Um, also, Donald Trump is, set up a, is setting up a meeting with Kim Jong-un for nuclear disarmament uh, discussions. Obama never made that happen. Tell you that. And that guy won a Nobel Prize. He won the Nobel Prize for Peace two weeks into his administration. <laughs> so he'd, he'd literally done nothing. It was less than that, actually, because the ballots have to be submitted by January 31st. He was in office January 20th, so it was about a week and a half. Yeah, <laughs> 11 days-ish, 12, oh. something like that. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was ridiculous, and everybody knew it. And I think he, even he, if... If this were possible, and I don't think it is, but <laughs> even he should have been embarrassed by that. Um, so we have all that going on. Um, we have a group in Montreal protesting Jewish buses, and they're wearing these uh, yellow badges like the Nazis wore and forced Jews to wear. Really an ugly story, and they're not backing down from their stance. Uh, then... Where did I put that? There's this. President Trump's worst federal nomination so far. Chai Feldblum, a radical LGBT activist. President Trump made a lot of good appointments so far. We all know that. Uh, To bureaucratic and judicial positions. But how do you feel about Donald Trump appointing a bureaucrat who believes that it's illegal sex discrimination to fire a woman who shows up one day saying she's a man or a man who shows up to work one day saying he's a woman. Even though this very situation suggests that sex is malleable and and not protectable or uh, that it's illegal sex discrimination for a business to refuse to cover the benefits of same-sex couples, even though sexual orientation is not covered by the Civil Rights Act. Um, this is a this is a big story because this person, uh, Chai Feldblum, has some interesting things to say about religious freedom. Um, and Chai Feldblum is being appointed or nominated for uh, a powerful position on the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission (EEOC). Some of the things that uh, Chai has written. When sexual orientation and religious freedom come into conflict, I'm having a hard time coming up with any case in which religious liberty should win. Sexual 
liberty should win in most cases. Sexual liberty over religious liberty. I'm sorry, I don't remember seeing the phrase sexual liberty anywhere in the U.S. Constitution. Uh, But, uh, you know, I'm getting old. Maybe my memory is failing me. Somebody can call me and point that out to me. There can be a conflict between religious liberty and sexual liberty, but in almost all cases, the sexual liberty should win because that's the only way that the dignity of gay people can be affirmed in any realistic manner. And that, of course, is from the, if I'm not mistaken, the dignity of gay people affirmation clause of the Constitution. Is that also an invisible ink like that other one Uh we found? Yeah, you got to put some lemon juice on it Uh and then get a blow dryer and heat it up, warm it up, and then it shows up. Cool. Yeah, it's very. It's a lot of fun to do that with the yeah, it's like original a, copy of the Constitution. It's like a party trick. <laughs> it's very cool. <laughs> so uh, you know, it just keeps getting more and more dangerous and more and more crazy every day. Yeah, and you just wonder. I mean, where where is this possibly going to end? And we also have this. Stormy Daniels update for you uh, today. Uh, Robert Pastor Robert Jeffers uh, was on Fox News yesterday. In full disclosure, I can't stand this guy. Oh? Yeah, I don't like him. Why? I've never liked him. Did he steal your dog? (laughs) No, but he's disparaged my religion on multiple occasions, including calling it straight from the pit of hell. I believe that's an exact quote. Yeah. Um, So, (laughs) I'm not a fan. Okay. I also find him to be arrogant and snarky. And uh, anyway, he was on with Juan Williams. They're kind of battling it out with the with the host. And they're talking about the fact that people are perceiving that evangelicals are just a tad hypocritical on this whole Trump Stormy Daniels thing. Huh. Uh, here's what he had to say. Look, evangelicals know they're not compromising their beliefs in order to support mm-hmm. this great president. And let's be clear. Really? Evangelicals still believe in let's... the commandment, thou shalt not have sex with a porn star. Okay, we're still <laughs> agreed on that. Well, then why are you defending him? However, uh, whether oh. this president violated that commandment or not mm-hmm. is totally irrelevant to our support of him for two mm-hmm. quick reasons. Two quick First ones. of all, evangelicals knew they weren't voting for an altar boy when they voted for Donald Trump. Right. Okay, so you could you could either be an altar boy or you can be a guy who says I can go up and grab a woman or a hoo-ha anytime I want and uh, she just lets me. So... <laughs> it's either or. It's either or. Either you're an altar boy or you got a you got a guy who wrote in his books how much he enjoys cheating on his wives, whomever that might be. Yeah, you got an altar boy or you have a president, a candidate for president who says I've never asked for forgiveness in my life. I kind of don't believe in that. So you know, but or you get an altar boy. We supported him because of his policies and his strong leadership. Mm-hmm. And tonight mm-hmm. you saw another example, the result of that strong leadership in the announcement from North Korea. Mm-hmm. But secondly, and Sandra, this is more important, perhaps evangelicals understand the concept of sin and forgiveness. Look, we are all sinners. We mm-hmm. all need forgiveness. 
Remember when they said that during the Clinton scandals? <laughs> hey, don't come on, America! Don't get carried away with this. Don't overreact. Oh, I thought you were playing a tape from no. 1998. No, we all no? we these actually not, but what? but this was a different. I stance? remember. I think it was the stance oh. back then when he said, "Hey, stop it! Leave this man alone. It's not about his behavior. <laughs> his behavior has nothing. So what? If he likes fat chicks and he invites them into the Oval Office all the time, it doesn't." That doesn't affect how he governs. <laughs> I mean, character doesn't mean a thing. Remember that? Oh, that's right. No, you don't, because it never happened. That forgiveness is available through Christ for uh, anyone who asks. And whether Except the president ask. needs that forgiveness Juan for this is, particular allegation, mm-hmm. whether he's asked for it is between him, his family, and his God. Faster. Get in here, Juan. Oh, Good. no, I mean, I, I love Pastor Jefferson. I, I want him to I make his Juan. case. But, but Pastor... <laughs> I don't see how you can say that this is something people knew about. This story's gotten much bigger in the last two weeks since we had our previous engagement here yes. on the story. Because now you have the lawyer for the president, Michael Cohen, saying, oh, you know what? Not only did I pay $130,000 to try to silence the woman, now I'm trying to get mm-hmm. an injunction or some kind of arbitration to stop her from talking yet again. Secondly, you have Sarah Sanders at the White House speaking out. And third, Stormy Daniels suing the president, not only suing the president, but saying possibly she has text messages, pictures, or property. I don't... How do you get away from that? Allegations. Go ahead, What I say to that... What I say to that is, look, even if it's proven to be true, it doesn't matter because of what I just said. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he's done. We don't care. Wow. Uh, Character doesn't matter in a president. It doesn't matter. (sighs) He can do whatever he wants. Oh, I just, there's no words, man. Somebody help me out with this. This seems to me to be hypocrisy on a level that uh, I've rarely seen. And Juan, listen, a blue dress was not enough to turn you into a red Republican. And I believe anything Stormy Daniels have will not be enough to turn red Republicans into blue Democrats. But the big question is about the policies and issues. No, it's not. But by the way, what did Christ do at the temple? He threw out the money changers. Mm -hmm. Pastor, you cannot sell your integrity, your Christian values, and say, oh, because President Trump is anti-abortion i'll support him no matter what what happened to the principles what happened to your love of people of character we're we're supporting him because of the principles that he stands for not because of personal behavior we all fall short and when talking about what christ did he also caught the woman who was in adultery and said i forgive you yeah and you know what she wanted forgiveness this this president pastor has never asked for forgiveness never acknowledged it you don't try to silence me you don't know that we don't know what happened of course we know he said it out loud himself in public (laughs) yes we know he said it on multiple occasions that he doesn't seek forgiveness he's never he's not he said that's not his his way he doesn't believe in that he doesn't do that he doesn't like to do that and he doesn't he hasn't he said it Wow. No, 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 no. I'm talking about publicly, Sandra. I I have one very important question, though, Pastor. Will this support continue? Yeah, you know, I'm asked the question: What would it cause a good take for evangelicals to walk away yeah. from President Trump? Love to know. I'm his, I'm his friend. I'll never walk away. But I mm. think his policy changes, or if he were found to be in an adulterous relationship now, that would cause many people a problem. Pat- Wait a minute. You said adultery didn't matter because you don't care about his behavior, and 
whether he's been forgiven or not, or even asked for forgiveness or, or not. That's between he, his family, and his God. So why would an adulterous relationship right now make any difference? What difference does that make? <laughs> it's Friday. Heaven help us. But it's Friday, man. Yeah, it is Friday. Thank that's, goodness. I mean, that's, that's, Thank we got goodness. that going for us, you know? Oh, jeez. So. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. And by the way, his policies have changed. Hmm. Uh, he, did not, he did not campaign on making legal citizens out of two million illegal aliens. That was not a thing. Sure is now. So, <sighs> this is fun, right? Oh, it is fun. It's, it's good times, America, twenty eighteen. I I will never understand the evangelical situation going on. I mean, I I don't expect anything different, really, from Robert Jeffress. But you know, um, <laughs> Jerry Falwell at Liberty. Uh, I do expect something different from him. Uh, Perkins, you know, you would think. Knows better. I mean, a lot of these guys and their their undying, unwavering support for this president, no matter what he does, says what he's done in the past, uh, what his relationship is with his fellow beings, they don't care. No matter what, man. No matter what, they support him. I know he's your friend, but your friend doesn't have to be the president of the United States. Stay by his side. But that doesn't mean, even if we forgive Donald Trump for everything he's done, which he's not even asked of me, so I've got nothing to forgive. But even then, I mean, it's just, it, he doesn't have to be, pre- I can forgive him all I want. That doesn't mean I put him back in the most important office in the land. In fact, the most important office in the world. Where you need a man of character and integrity. You can forgive somebody and then say, yeah, but you can't keep doing this. Okay? You find somewhere else to go. That doesn't mean I don't forgive you. I do. Just means you're not qualified for what we're asking right now. To have these evangelicals tell us now that character doesn't matter, that the behavior of a president doesn't matter. It is a world turned upside down. There are no words. It's enough to melt your face off. Oh. All right. 888 Well, let me tell you about something happy. Because I don't get any vegetables in my diet. My wife knows not to even cook vegetables for me because I'm not going to eat them. They wind up on my plate. That's where they stay until they wind up in the disposal. <laughs> but I have found a great way to get a full serving of organic fruits and vegetables every day. It's from Brickhouse Nutrition, and it's called Field of Greens. Try it. So many uh, in this building are trying it and loving it. Every scoop gives you that full serving of organic fruits and vegetables, and it's also prebiotic, probiotic. It boosts your immunity. It has antioxidant power. And it's not something that they just extracted from food. It actually is real food. It's super easy to use. Take a spoon, put it in your water or your favorite drink. It's that easy, and it it actually tastes good. Just go to BrickHousePat.com. BrickHousePat.com and try Field of Greens today. You'll also get your free shaker bottle with the offer code PAT. BrickHousePat.com. You are listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. It's kind of interesting, too. Um, President Trump's nominee for ambassador to Germany Uh-oh. is being held up by Democrats. I don't, I, do I want to know? I wonder if it's because he's openly gay that they're holding him up. I don't know. Uh, do they? Are they discriminating against wow. someone in the LGBTQIA plus community? You skipped an A. I-A-A? Yeah. Okay. And then the letter Z is somewhere in there as well. Okay. The number four. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, the number four is Yeah, in I believe so. And then there's an apostrophe. Mm. There is a pound sign. Okay. And I believe a couple of... And I think of- you leave the last S off for savings, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's mm-hmm. how it works. So, uh, yeah, Richard Grinnell. Everybody says he's the perfect guy for this appointment. For some reason, for whatever reason, Democrats are holding it up. I say it's because he's gay. Yeah, there could be another reason. They're homophobic. What wow. else could the reason be? Wow, Democrats, you homophobes, need to, you need stop to answer it. for this. Homophobes. Why are you being homophobic about this appointee, this this possible ambassador? You H- just homophobes. Want, right, homophobes, right here. That's the only possible explanation is you don't want a homosexual man Phobic. as an ambassador for the United States of America overseas. Phobic I cannot of homos. believe this, you Democrat, you sicko. Homo- homophobes. What is your problem? I mean, Hypocrites. only reason whatsoever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, also, a federal appeals court ruled in favor of 21 children and young adults suing the U.S. government for not doing enough to protect their constitutional right to a stable climate. Hmm. Uh, wait. Uh, you're going to have to help me on the clause with okay. that one, too. Uh, uh, it's invisible. That's the stable climate uh, clause? The stable... It's- uh-huh. Climate and doing the right thing clause. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals judges refused to grant uh, mandamus relief. Uh, how, lo- how often have I spoken of mandamus relief? Uh, I, today? Is, I'm just so obsessed with mandamus relief that I, I think I probably speak of it too often. Okay. Um, what is mandamus relief? <laughs> anyway, they're trying to Can block the word? U.S. District Court in Oregon from hearing the suit, which was originally filed by... The Environmental Group, Our Children's Trust, Trust in 2015. In 2015. Because we, because. we love the children. Oh! oh. <laughs> I love the children, especially the, the 12-year-old boy children. I love the children, and the children should be able to breathe. They need to breathe. Oh, they need, wait, what do the children need to they do? They need to breathe. What, is, what does that mean, to breathe, breathe in Michael? and out? Mm, like that. But that's, uh, oh, what kind of freak doesn't know what breathe is? No, breathe is... It's horrifying. Okay, not breathe. Keith, that you would not know what breathing is. Breathe doesn't rhyme with grieve, Michael. <laughs> uh, so, there is apparently an enduring value in the orderly administration of litigation by trial courts free of needless appellate interference mandamus the uh the judge wrote but if appellate review could be invoked whenever a district court denied a motion to dismiss we'd be quickly overwhelmed with such requests anyway this this continues it's a bunch of kids blaming donald trump for climate change oh come on stop it i can't take this and they're suing his administration over it Mm. because he took us out of the the paris treaty uh which by the way al gore admitted is not going to do anything. Yes, he did. And we played that for you the other day. There's a guy who wants his mandamus released, actually. Uh, actually. Hmm? And if you don't believe us on the Al Gore thing, here it is. Even if all 195 nations, not 194, met their targets, it still wouldn't mm-hmm. solve the problem. Uh, th- that is correct. Oh, th- However, th- that is it correct. sends a very powerful However. signal 
to business and <laughs> industry and civil well. society uh, and countries mm-hmm. around the world. So let's send very important signals uh, that are that are ten trillion dollar signals. We're sending a very powerful ten trillion dollar signal by wasting our time with this treaty, which is not going to fix anything. Mm. <clears throat> it's unbelievable, man. So wait now, when he, when he when he sold his uh, TV network, <laughs> uh huh, um, what was it? Suck TV? What was it? I it was it, it was actually the name Suck TV, but okay. they, he spelled it differently. It was S U K. So well, that's hip. Mm-hmm. Did he, he took the proceeds from that sale to Al Jazeera, right? And he and he gave that money to like climate change efforts, mm, right? Not that I know of. I mean, no. you're not going to make me re- you can make me verify but that. Out of the 500 million he sold Suck TV for. He only received 125 million. So I mean, that's not going to put even a dent into climate change. So probably he was like, ah, that's ah, not going to help. I'll just so keep that. Continue to spend on my lavish lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Evan in Ohio, you're on the blaze. Thanks for taking my call, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, so real quick before I get to my topic, I just want to say if, if people have a problem with. Rick Grinnell's sexuality. I, I would implore Republicans to look at Ken Melman. But uh, to get into my topic, uh, I wanted to look at the 2020 Democratic field. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Biden has a real possibility of running, but it would be a one-term proposition. And if he did so, it would be with a much younger running mate, like a Kristen Gillibrand, a Warren, a Booker, maybe Gavin Newsom. And then finally, um, I just had a request for you. If if the opportunity presents itself in the near future, could you guys do like a circa 2012 Joe Biden roast? Because those were always great moments in the Glenn <laughs> program. Yes, we will. Uh, when it presents itself, we absolutely will. Thanks. Appreciate it, Evan. Uh, yeah, I think I think Biden probably will uh, run, and I think he would probably choose a younger. But Elizabeth Warren doesn't really fit that bill because she is going to be, you know, in 2020, what, 70, 71? She's not super spry and young. Uh, but it might make sense for like a Kirsten Gillibrand. Yeah, but wait. That might that might make a lot of sense. But Elizabeth Warren, you can you can forgive her for a few of those years because she's a Native American. Exactly. So, I mean, she gets yeah. like a 10-year exemption there. Well, plus they they took the her whole Indian nation yeah. and they Locked them on a reservation. Did they? You know? Uh, well, then what happened? Tell well, me. Well, then they, they took away their native life, tomahawk and the bow and knife. Really? Yeah. Uh, took away their native tongue. Yeah. And then they taught their stinking English to their young. What in the world? And maybe worst of all, Keith, yeah. Yeah. all the beads that Elizabeth and her people once made by hand, they're nowadays made in Japan. Are they really? Even more nowadays, like China or Taiwan, you know, Thailand, maybe, Bangladesh. Yeah. I don't know, but we don't make the beads by hand anymore. I know no. that. I don't know. And it's, it's thanks to uh, the man. Apparently, they took away um, their pigmentation as well in the case of Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> yes. But you're not supposed to notice that. No. Oh. Don't notice that. Sorry. I see. She's things. going by, you know, the family lore. It's all those great stories <laughs> the family told lore. about when they were taken and put on the reservation. Yeah, and that, maybe that's what happened. Yeah. Some of the stories got kind of Mangled. messed up and mm-hmm. stuff, and so mm-hmm. that's why we don't have any written proof whatsoever. Yeah. 
because they were destroyed <laughs> by the white man. And then she, of course, left the reservation and, and moved to Massachusetts in an urban area somewhere. So, yeah, it's uh, but it's it's a tragic, heart wrenching story. Even though, I mean, to this day, they're yeah. so proud to live, and they're so proud to die. So, they got so. that going for them. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Free speech Friday. Whatever's on your mind, feel free. The Blaze Radio Network. Network. Brad Meltzer, top of our three today. We're psyched. Uh, he's a friend, a uh, friend of the show, a really good guy, mm-hmm. and a tremendous author. Does a lot of research on really cool things. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot to talk uh, to him about. I, I think, want to get his take on the Amelia Earhart discovery. Uh, absolutely. He's got a book on that, right? That one of the children's books focuses on Amelia Earhart. That's one of the heroes, yep. And they the really believe yeah. they just found her, as we talked about yesterday. There's a 99% chance, they say. That the bones they found in some island on the South Pacific that's very hard to name. Although it used to be called Gardner Island, mm. so maybe we can handle that. Uh, anyway, they're 99% <laughs> sure they found her bones. And maybe her, her navigator, too, was found. So, uh, I- interesting. We'll talk to Brad Meltzer about that as well. A little later on. Uh, again, top of hour three. Mm-hmm. 888-933-93. You know what else we haven't mentioned very much uh, and deserves a lot more attention? Besides curling? Yeah, uh, and a lot more help, is uh, Venezuela. You know, we've talked many times about the horrors of socialism, and now they are experiencing those horrors in the extreme. It's getting really bad there. The people are starving. They don't have medicine. They don't have access to any kind of medical care a lot of times because the you know the doctors have run out of equipment. The equip- equipment is broken and they can't fix it, and they don't have the money to replace it. It's just it's a it's a society in virtual total breakdown. They're talking about an 18 year old woman who is rubbing her swollen belly after fleeing with her infant daughter when the wounds from her C section began to ooze. I won't even say the word because it's really icky. Uh, And then a young man whose femur had torn through his skin in a motorcycle crash needed antibiotics for the infection. They don't have them in Venezuela. So all these people are headed for the border of Colombia. And they're trying to... I mean, there's a law like we have in Colombia that if you show up for emergency care, it has to be given. But if you show up for long-term care, like cancer treatment... They can't do it. They're they're under no obligation. They said, and they can't. They just can't accommodate everybody. Uh, an elderly retiree with a swollen foot arrived after a twenty-hour bus ride from Caracas, because doctors there <clears throat> told his family the only treatment they could offer was amputation. 
Oh, and, and by the way, we don't have any anesthesia or antibiotics. So <laughs> we'll cut your foot off. And then, uh, you know, who knows? Infection might set in. You'll die from that. So Plus, it's going to hurt a little bit because obviously we've got no anesthesia for you. Jeez, I mean, it's horrific what's going on. We need to help these people. Um, people are being diagnosed with cancer, and they're told, yeah, but our, uh, our machinery for radiation treatment, it's broken. So they head to the border to try to get care in Colombia, and they can't take care of all the Venezuelans. They, they just can't handle it. I mean, this is a humanity humanitarian crisis. Yeah, it is. That really needs more attention. And you see almost nothing about it anywhere. Also in South Africa, there's a huge problem right now uh, among the minority. And the minority there happens to be white. So nobody cares about this one either. The South African parliament voted to allow the seizure of land from white farmers without compensation. Ah, don't worry about it. The motion was motiv- motivated primarily by the leader of economic freedom fighters, uh, uh, whose leader is Julius Malema. During a campaign speech, he cranked up the hate and hostilities towards South African whites, saying that his party had decided to remove the mayor of Port Elizabeth because he's a white man. He encouraged his followers to, quote, go after the white man, unquote, and to, quote, Cut the throat of whiteness, unquote. That is unreal. It's almost as if it's state-sanctioned genocide happening in South Africa. Uh, You know, when Nelson Mandela took over that country, he really wanted the hatred to end. And he tried really hard to bring both sides together. And I'm not a fan of Nelson Mandela's politics. Uh, but I am a fan of his uh, of the fact that he brought people back together and didn't try to retaliate. Well, that that situation is over now. They're just going full out against the white mi- minority now. If I, if I was living in South Africa, I'd be packing up my family and moving out of South Africa. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, we have. Just, just a lot, a lot more on uh, the murder in Parkland, the uh, mass murder and the mass murderer. He uh, texted a pal minutes before allegedly going on his rampage that he had big news, but nothing bad. Okay, so you're about to go into the school and shoot 17 people, but it's, it's, it's nothing bad. He sent the chilling text messages to the teenage, teenage son of the Sneed family, which was housing the deranged kid when he allegedly shot 17 people using an AR-15. Um, he received, the 17-year-old Sneed uh, received the messages while he was in class around 2 p.m., about 20 minutes before the massacre began. The killer first asked what class he was in and who his teacher was. When the teen told him his teacher was one of the coaches, he asked him to ask the coach if he remembered him. 
And that coach was not among the dead. Minutes later, he texted to say he was going to see a movie. So he was texting the the uh, teenage son who also went to this high school. So it's the son of the family that he was staying with at the Correct. time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. This is his foster family or whatever. And so apparently he was intending not to kill him and he was trying to find out what classroom he was in. So he didn't get accidentally shot. Jeez. <clears throat> yeah, and if he took an Uber ride, I think that's the time matches up with him being in the car at that point. Oof. So, uh, yeah. Chilling stuff. Do you think they're going to use that um, as a defense? Like, hey, look, see, he wasn't mentally all there. He didn't think it was going to be a big deal. Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah. What, else, what other defense would you have for this guy other than, yeah, mental illness? Also, a sheriff's deputy had his ex-wife arrested because he didn't like what she wrote about him on Facebook. Wow, I didn't know that was possible. Yeah, well. That's kind of cool, right? If you're a deputy, we're in the wrong line of work. Yeah. Next time your wife tells you you're lazy, you call the police, have her arrested. Oh, man. Hindsight, what do you think 2020. now? How you like me now? Huh. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work. And King and a friend found themselves behind bars for a few hours in 2015 after badmouthing uh, the ex-husband to sheriff's deputy in Washington County, Georgia, on Facebook. Now she's suing her ex and his colleague for violating her constitutional rights. Oh, okay. Well, there's just that one what? little nasty constitutional thing that uh, apparently prevents this from... Does that prevent anything anymore? Uh, no. So it doesn't seem to. How does that apply here? Whole thing began in January 2015 when Ann King posted a short Facebook status expressing frustration that her ex, Corey King, refused to drop off some medication for their children on his way to work. Um, and so he got upset with that, and he called uh, his friends in the department, and they came around and arrested her. And then the, uh, and then when it got to court, the uh, the state court judge said, "There's no basis for this. Um, I don't even know why we're here." So so thankfully, eventually we thankfully, got to somebody geez, that gave with a crap a, about the rule of law with a modicum, just a modicum of common sense. If we could just have that, you know, every day, just a modicum of common sense, be a better place in which to live, wouldn't it? Mm. Then we have this group of about eight Montreal residents attending a city meeting wearing those small yellow badges like the Nazis uh, made Jews wear in Germany to protest Jewish school buses. Um, So there are some people that had the nerve to call them anti-Semitic after that. (laughs) What? (laughs) Where they get that? They're just like grabbing definitions out of thin air. What is happening? But their leader, leader of this little group, Jeanette Charter, says they're not going to back down. A growing Hasidic community in the Montreal borough of Outremont uses school buses to drop off children around the city, and it's causing tension with neighbors who say the constant bus traffic causes congestion, noise, and pollution. Now, you've got... A couple of school buses dropping off children? That's that's called life. <laughs> Is that that's jamming up traffic in the neighborhood? Come on. Wow. Uh, Charter and other residents showed up at a public meeting to complain on March 5th, wearing small yellow badges on their chest, uh, evoking Nazi imagery. That's cute. Well, case you might remember, prior to the Holocaust, the German government required Jewish people 
to wear the Star of David, a yellow Star of David badge with the word Jude on it. Then they distributed uh, propaganda leaflets about how they were the root of all evil and all the problems in their society. So that's what these Montreal residents were doing. Hmm. I'm sure this ends well. Oh, you know that this is going to be fine. Uh, Charter, the leader of the group, said, yeah, the Jews always bring up their painful past. (laughs) Excuse us for mentioning that six million of us were killed. Um, You know, when people like you... Uh, decided that we just didn't deserve to live. Yeah, why? Why do you want to bring up like? Why do you want to bring that up all the stuff, time? I mean, Come on, let's just apply it to today. <laughs> You're so sensitive. <laughs> I mean, it's just that your race was murdered in mass by a government-sanctioned orders. But does I mean, that mean we have to hear about it years later? <laughs> right. This is amazing. Charter it, says the Jews always bring up their painful past. They do it to muzzle us. We're wearing the yellow square because the school buses are yellow. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, come on. Shut up. That's bull crap. I'm in a bad mood today. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, Stop with this passive aggressive. It's a it's a color of a school bus. That's why we pick yellow. No, they hate Jews and they know full well the imagery and what it means and what it invokes. She said, We'll march down the street wearing them, banging pots and pans if we have to. We're living in injustice. We're being persecuted by them. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. So she's the the, one being persecuted by the Jews. This goes back to the traffic jam? That's persecution? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Wow, I got to change my definitions. I need a new dictionary. Wow. I mean, things are getting bad for Jewish people all over the place. Uh, You know, first of all, in Israel, they're surrounded by 400 million people who hate them and want them dead. But in Europe... Uh, people are getting crazy and uh, Jews feel threatened in places like Paris and even in Canada. Wow. So, yeah, that's probably why their painful past comes up from time to time. I mean, you know, you just want to remember, oh, by the way, remember what happened before when this got out of control? Yeah. And by the way, today is National Let It Go Day. So, so. I mean, when are you going to stop worrying about that? Let it go on the on the school bus thing or let it go on the... On the wait, what's the... No, the Holocaust. No, okay, yeah. Let it go. Yeah, I don't... No. Yeah, probably so not. stupid. 888 uh, Let me tell you about a service that Glenn and Tanya started because of their own experience of trying to sell their home. And they couldn't do it for a really long time. And it dragged on and on. It was very expensive. And then they sold their home at at a big loss, and it was just terrible for them. So they wanted others to be able to avoid that. And they thought, well, if you had really good realtors, that would would help a lot. Because buying and selling homes, it's the biggest thing you're ever going to do in your life. Usually the biggest investment we make is in our home. So that's why Glenn and Tanya put together Real Estate Agents I Trust, a network of over 1,200 agents all across the country that are uh, highly vetted and qualified by Glenn's team based on their experience and their marketing plans, what kind of character they have, uh, and what kind of results do they get for clients. Plus, they're really big fans of the show. So that means that you're going to have generally the same principles and values in common, which is a great place to start. So if you want to sell your home fast and you want to get the most money out of it, then please go to realestateagentsitrust.com and we will introduce you to the best agent in your area. 
It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Pat Gray. Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network. Here. 888-933-93, Free Speech Friday. You can talk about whatever you want. Uh, you can reach us on uh, Twitter at Pat Unleashed. Hashtag, put that in your pipe. Uh, and if you want to catch up on anything you might have missed, um, like the Bill Maher interview mm. with the Parkland kids, unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You got to check that out. As well as uh, Ted Cruz and Joe Scarborough going at it. Ted Cruz just schools the guy on the Second Amendment as Joe Scarborough uh, <laughs> tries to talk down to Ted Cruz and tell him what he knows. It's amazing. So check those out. Spread those around. And that's on the Facebook page. On Facebook. Mm-hmm. At Pat, Pat Unleashed. Unleashed. Um, Stefan says, if being shot at makes an expert, we should get some Chicago gang members on CNN to talk gun policy. Definitely. Okay. Uh, Andy, I think the character doesn't mean anything rule was recently added to the live and let live clause of the Constitution, which is obviously adjacent to the good and plenty clause. Hashtag put that in your pipe. (laughs) Uh, Marantha Mark says, um, this is a reference to Trump's Stormy Daniels scandal. Okay. I'm sure his wife knows about it. It happened several years before he ran for office. It's true. It was uh, 2006, I think. She claims summer of 2006 to sometime, she said, well into 2007. Okay. Was it wrong when he did it? Absolutely. Adultery is wrong at any time. But he's elected now, and it was not a cornerstone of his candidacy that he was as pure as Christ. Get over it. Mm. Yeah, I disagree. I mean, obviously, nobody said he was pure as Christ. No one is. However... We can aspire to a better standard than that, right? (laughs) There's a place in between Jesus and what Donald Trump has been doing. (laughs) (sighs) I mean to take that on a Marantha Mark, but I I am I've heard that for three years now. And it's just it's we're not looking for a pastor in chief. Are we looking for somebody with good character though? Are we? We used to. We used to, and it's too much to ask now to find somebody of character to be in the position that he's in. Not that, it's not to say that he hasn't done well on certain things, but man, this has been a bad few weeks. This has been the president I expected in the first place, not last year. Last year was a very pleasant surprise. I'll give you that. But lately... <sighs> And then you couple it with the character issues. There's some problems here, and we've got to be consistent. Nobody was excusing any of what Bill Clinton did. None of us did. If it was wrong then, it's wrong now. If it, if we were looking for character then in the White House, should still be looking for character in the White House today. I don't understand how we just dismiss Everything we've ever believed because of, because Donald Trump. Yeah, but Trump. Mm-hmm. 
For Michael, is it my imagination or does Pat's Michael Jackson sound a lot like Mrs. Doubtfire? What? Wait, you you have a Michael Jackson. He just appears. What is he talking yeah, about? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's not yeah. anything to do with you? Mrs. Doubtfire, dear. That's that's Mrs. Doubtfire. Whoa. <laughs> this is all it. It's a, a lot of children. Yeah, that's not the same. No, it's not the same. No, it's not even close. Nothing, not even close. I mean, <laughs> what are you doing there, Michael Fairbrother? Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's Michael uh, Jackson himself. As appears. if that's your real name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and speaking of some of the things he's done lately that I'm not excited about, uh, here he was yesterday talking about trade wars. Well, but he says he doesn't think there'll be a trade war. This actually came from Monday. People have to understand our country on trade mm-hmm. has been ripped off by virtually every country in the world, whether it's friend or enemy. Everybody, China, Russia, uh, and take people that we think are wonderful, the European Union. We can't do business in there. They don't allow them. I don't think you have a trade war. I don't think so. I don't think you're going to have a trade war. Okay. And then yesterday, uh, he talked about the tariff order uh, that he signed at the White House yesterday. Steel is steel. You don't have steel, you don't have a country. Right. <laughs> Our industries have been targeted for years and years, decades, in fact, by unfair foreign trade practices leading to the shuttered plants and mills, the laying off of millions of workers, Mm -hmm. and the decimation of entire communities. And that's going to stop, right? It's going to stop. This is not merely an economic disaster, but it's a security disaster. We want to build our ships. We want to build our planes. We want to build our military equipment with steel, with aluminum from our country. And now we're finally taking action to correct this long overdue problem. Mm. He did exempt uh, Canada and Mexico, right? And uh, there might be some others. Uh, But the tariffs... They don't work. Uh, Senator Ben Sass thinks that the tariffs are a terrible idea. Here's what he said. Is there anything you can do to get in the way of what the president's trying to do here? Well, um, for decades, the Congress has punted lots and lots of its responsibilities and authorities to the executive branch. And regardless of whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, that's a bad idea for public deliberation. Because right now, we don't have a very clear understanding in, in the country about what's happening in our economy. These tariffs are a terrible idea, um, but they're not just a terrible idea this week or this month, but they're a terrible idea because it doesn't make sense of where we are in economic history. Tariffs always hurt us. Ultimately, nobody ever wins a trade war. Both sides lose a trade war. Um, Trade is indisputably good for America. It's good for consumers on both sides of every trading relationship. And all of our trade deals have been on net good for America in terms of job creation. And a lot of the public doesn't understand that. And so we need to do a lot better job of explaining what actually happens when there's more trade we need more trade america wins when there is hmm. <laughs> that's free trade nut ben sass no, uh, what do you have to back that up except for all of history i i wonder uh, uh you know other than that what is there to prove that free trade works <laughs> uh, uh there was an interesting moment too uh during the speech where Trump tells a steelworker union president his father is really proud looking down on him. 
Well, your father, Herman, is looking down. He's very proud of you right now. Oh, he's now. still alive. He's uh, oh, he is? Well, then he's, <laughs> then he's even more proud of you. Then he's even more proud. Anybody else, please? Come on. Oh, I meant he's hanging on the ceiling right now, looking down on you. See, there he uh, yeah, we. That's like a George Bush moment yeah, right it there. Is. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> your, your dad's proud of you. <laughs> Your, your, your dead father is looking down on your right. Oh, he's alive? <laughs> well, you fooled me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. You're once, twice, three times a lady. And I love you. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the blaze radio network welcome back thanks for being here pat gray unleashed uh top of next hour hour from now brad Meltzer. always enjoy our uh Ooh. our time with that one of the most prolific uh, what does he write 17 18 books a year something like that a month <laughs> a month 17, oh, yeah. 18 books a month okay mm-hmm. it, it does seem like it uh and he's prolific and he's really good yeah. Uh, people love his stuff. Great guy. Uh, smart, too. Mm-hmm. And that thing he did, was it on the History Channel, I think it was? That was that was really good, Decoded? Too. Yeah, that yeah. was excellent. And my kids absolutely love his children's books. I mean, he, he writes for everybody. He writes uh, novel thrillers, great stuff on TV, right. and then children's <laughs> books uh, on American heroes. That is just, I recommend every it, one of those. Including one on uh, Emilia Earhart. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to talk to him about that a little bit, since they are pretty darn sure they found her bones now. In a South Pacific island, uh, Gardner Island, if you've ever heard of that. Um, so this is kind of interesting because uh, David Hogg has been out challenging adults all over the country. And, and he, he seems to only show up where he knows he's going to get a friendly reception. Like, for instance, I, I have yet to see him on Fox News. Mm. I have yet to, you know, he hasn't shown up on Russia's show. We've extended an invitation to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't been on Glenn's show. He hasn't been on mine. I'd love to talk to him. Love to have him on. Um, but he issued a challenge that he would debate anybody. And Alex Jones actually took him up on it. <laughs> and now David Hogg has apparently backed out what? of that debate. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. I mean, if you can't even take on Alex Jones, then, you know, just keep showing up on CNN and MSNBC. Following a series of libelous tweets filled with several lies against uh, InfoWars founder Alex Jones. I don't know what the lies were. Mm. I'd have to look and see if those are actual lies. Yeah, he said something about it. Or is that spin? David Hogg's challenge to debate him over the issue of gun control was finally accepted. And when it was, Hogg immediately backed out of the challenge with more vitriol and bad-mouthing. He wrote, hey, Alex, you seem to be really confused as to what I do, who I am. I'd love to come on and clear up some of this because clearly, uh, as, a, as a, a journalist, you can't clearly, you can't clearly. As a blunt journalist. As a, oh, is that a, a an expletive? for you there. No wonder. Okay. So it's a word we can't say. As a crappy journalist, you can't. There you go. Clearly see. 
Uh, so Jones writes back, hi, David. It would be fantastic for you to come on, or as he would say. It'd be fantastic for you to come on. <laughs> I'd be very thankful for that. Uh, I want to set the record straight and clear things up between you and I. Uh, it should be you and me, but... Uh, I, David Hogg, I will not speak to anyone that has had disgusting remarks to victims of mass shootings in the past. I sent that tweet without realizing just how awful so many people have been to victims and witnesses of these events in the past. And so he backed out immediately. Hmm. Um, but it'd be nice if he would show up, uh, for instance, on this show. I mean, you can. I, I've never claimed that these things are false flags and... Of course, now Jones has backtracked on all of that stuff. I never said Sandy Hook uh, was a false flag operation filled with actors. Oh, really? They have staged events before, but then you learn the school had been closed and reopened, and you got video of the kids going in circles in and out of the building, and they don't call the rescue choppers for two hours, and mm-hmm. then they tear the building down and seal it, and they, they get caught using blue screens, and an uh, a email by blue Bloomberg screens. comes out in the lawsuit mm-hmm. where he's telling his people, get ready in the next 24 hours to capitalize on a shooting. Uh, yeah, so hmm. Sandy Hook is a synthetic, completely fake, with actors, in my view, manufactured. I couldn't believe it at first. Wow. I knew they had actors there, clearly, completely but fake. I thought they killed some real kids. You never said it. And it just shows how bold they are mm-hmm. that they clearly used actors. I mean, they even ended huh. up using photos of kids killed in mass shootings here in a fake mass shooting in Turkey. I mean, that's a... That's unbelievable. That's never said it, man. He never, and he claims he never said it. Never said it. I never said that. Oh, yeah, you did. Mm. Perhaps you've forgotten about something called uh, recordings. <laughs> <laughs> and we have those. We we have uh, the ability to listen to what you said in the past, huh. or I'm sorry, what you shed in the past. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, two um, Miramar SWAT SWAT officers have been suspended for heading into the Parkland uh, massacre. When the gunmen started shooting at the school, two Miramar SWAT team members did what comes naturally. They went in to help. Now they've been suspended for it. They didn't have permission to respond to the shooting, uh, and that created an officer safety issue, they said. Left them unaccountable for their actions. Uh, The SWAT officers who responded were Detective Jeffrey Gilbert and Detective Carl Slosser. Heroes, both of them. Good, Thank you for doing that. One of them told supervisors he was in the Coral Springs area when the gunfire happened. It's not known where the other drove from. Uh, they were both close by. A third SWAT member, Officer Kevin Gonzalez, was accused of being linked to several social media posts that put the city and police in a negative light and was suspended for violating the department's social media policy and code of conduct. Pathetic. Just really a shame that they're treating these guys this way when they tried to actually help, unlike the four who were outside behind their cars and behind walls waiting for somebody to come out. 888 Free Speech Friday. Whatever's on your mind. Uh, Scott in Texas, you're on the blaze. Hey, Pat, this is Scott. Hey. Um Love your show. I just wanted to talk about Thank something you. that you had said about you didn't understand why the Trump supporters just have to support him regardless of what he does, whether it's gun control or tariffs or whatever. And right. 
And, you know, with George Bush, they didn't, a lot of real conservatives didn't really defend him on everything. They felt it was perfectly fine to criticize George Bush. Right. But they didn't, but they didn't have to sacrifice their principles to vote for George Bush. They didn't have to sacrifice their ethics, morals, their standards, whatever, but they Mm -hmm. did for Trump and they know that. So what do you do if you, you kind of sacrifice your principles and your, your morals, your ethics to vote for a guy? Well, you'd have to support him. Otherwise you'd have to admit that you did all that for nothing, that you were fooled by a con artist or whatever. And nobody wants to admit that. I suppose. So you think they've, they've been backed into a corner now by their support with him. And and now everything he does is fine. Absolutely. Because what's the alternative? The alternative is, is that not only was I fooled, Mm -hmm. but I helped to elect somebody who's going to harm our Liberty, our freedom and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame. It's a shame. It's a bad place to be in. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Uh, and, and a really difficult thing to understand. Because we have, I don't know, all of history on, to, to look back on and say, well, you didn't do it here. You didn't do it there. You didn't do it there. Since when does character not matter? Since when do morals not matter? I mean, yes, we all make mistakes. Of course, that's true. But now you've got a guy in office who has said he doesn't really even seek forgiveness. Never thought he had to have forgiveness. He hasn't done anything wrong. None of this stuff is wrong to him, I don't think. But for some reason, they they have latched onto him so hard. And they did it even before, even before the election, which is interesting. Yeah. You remember, I mean, we were still in the thick of the primary when a bunch of them showed up, Jeffress and... Uh, I don't even remember who all was there. I think Perkins was there, um, several of them. And they were doing the circle thing, uh, laying their hands on him and praying. Remember that? That was like in, I don't know, February or March of the primary when it was still real heated and Cruz had a chance. Drudge was in the tank early for Donald Trump. Oh, man. Wasn't he ever. And... And, and Drudge likes to mock religion, so it just was a perfect opportunity for him on that day. Yeah. And But but then when Trump got into office and they were praying over him, that was for, front and center without any kind of mocking from Tr- Drudge. So, <laughs> I, I know. Whatever. Every, I just, everybody just bent over backwards and forgot everything they, they'd ever said and did and believed in the past to throw in with Donald Trump. And that's not to say that he did a ba- he's doing a bad job. Uh, right now, I don't think he's doing great things. Last year he did a lot, and we've been over it. Maybe next week's our week. Maybe, and then then we'll this be has been a, la- a bad couple of weeks mm-hmm. for him. Between the tariffs and and the stormy stuff, it's just yeah. Uh, we haven't added anything to my little list down here that I keep below the desk uh, in a couple of weeks. And let me ask you this: How does Robert Jeffress, Mister Hypocrite, how does he feel about the nomination of Chai Feldblum, who's a radical LGBT activist? who doesn't believe in religious freedom. How do you feel about that nomination from the president to the EEOE, EEOC commission? That's a... How do you feel about that? Seriously, has he now done anything to violate your principles? This guy says when when sexual orientation and religious freedom come into conflict, according to Chai Feldblum... Trump's nominee for the EEOC. I'm having a hard time coming up with any case in which religious liberty should win. Sexual 
liberty should win in most cases. There can be a conflict between religious liberty and sexual liberty, but in almost all cases, the sexual liberty should win because that's the only way that the dignity of gay people can be affirmed in any realistic manner. Hmm. So, sexual liberty, whatever that means, trumps the United States Constitution. Robert Jeffress, how do you feel about that? Uh, Chai Feldblum continues, just as we do not tolerate private racial beliefs that adversely affect African Americans in the commercial arena, even if such beliefs are based on religious views. This is stupid. Not, who, who has any religious view about African Americans? We should similarly not tolerate private beliefs about sexual orientation and gender identity that adversely affect the ability of LGBT people to live in the world. For all my sympathy for the evangelical couple who may wish to run a bed and breakfast from which they can exclude unmarried straight couples and all gay couples, this is a point where I believe the zero-sum nature of the game inevitably comes into play. And in making the decision in this zero-sum game, I am convinced society should come down on the side of protecting the liberty of the LGBT people. (laughs) Okay. Over-religious liberty. Again, I believe granting liberty to gay people advances a compelling government interest. That such an interest cannot be adequately advanced if pockets of resistance to a societal statement of equality are permitted to flourish. And hence, that a law that permits no individual exemptions based on religious beliefs will be the least restrictive means of achieving the goal of liberty for gay people. I mean, that, that's about as bad as it gets. In a candidate for the EEOC. And that is Donald Trump's nominee. Why? Why? Because sexual liberty trumps religious liberty. Mm -hmm. Pat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, we're going to have to uh, put a little uh, lemon juice over the Constitution and then get a, a blow dryer and heat it up yeah. and then that invisible ink section will come to that's life. That's in the right hand margin kind of toward the bottom. You'll okay. want to look for that one. We'll do that during the break here. Okay. Well, Let me we'll... tell you about filterby.com because uh, there's a great way to uh, keep the air in your home clean, filter out all the junk with a filter from filterby.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters. They carry over 600 different filter sizes. They've got custom options for you. And they're all shipped free within 24 hours, all manufactured right here in America. They offer a multitude of MERV options all the way up to hospital grade. So you'll, you know you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, and other allergy-aggravating pollution. And you maximize the efficiency of your system. Plus, if you set up auto-delivery right now, you don't have to worry about when is it time. Uh, I can't remember when I changed those last because the filter shows up at your door and then you know, okay, it's time to change the filter. Just that easy. It's really convenient. You'll save money and you'll breathe better. Filterby.com. That's filter, B-U-Y.com. Filterby.com. You're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. Follow Pat on Twitter at Pat Unleashed and send him your thoughts using the hashtag TellPat. The Blaze Radio Network.
Pat Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up, chewing the fat with Jeffy. Uh, he's actually at home, so we've got a camera set up there. Yeah, a live remote. <laughs> so we'll just be checking in with him in a few minutes. Yeah, TheBlazeTV.com if you want to see the camera at uh, Jeffy's place. 888 We've got the uh, <clears throat> nomination to uh, the EEOC, LGBT activist, pretty radical, believes that sexual liberty trumps religious liberty. One of them is mentioned in the Constitution, and the other not. Uh, so uh, I'll leave you to decide which. <laughs> Which is which. We ran out of lemon juice, so yeah, I was unable so to locate We can't the, find the darn that text. invisible ink section. Where... I will take the Constitution home with me this weekend, and uh-huh. I'll report back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, um, there's another big win with national significance for chan- transgender rights. A federal appeals court has ruled in favor of a woman who was fired by Garden City Funeral Home after she disclosed she was trans transforming, transitioning from male to female and began dressing like a woman. The 6th U.S. Court of Appeals ruled on Wednesday that R.G. and G.R. Harris Funeral Home discriminated against director Amy Stevens, formerly Anthony Stevens, by firing her in 2013. Uh the ACLU says management never denied that Stevens was fired because she informed officials of her decision. Now, think about the workplace environment here. Okay. You've got grieving families, and you've got a man dressed as a woman that's walking them through it all. Now, I don't, I don't know that that could be an issue, I, it could, but I imagine the possibility exists. And if there's Anything that makes the family less comfortable in that situation, wouldn't you want to remove that from from the business? Quite honestly, now I don't know. I you know maybe every single grieving family that comes in is perfectly fine with it now. But but it's interesting that in this situation, and they're just saying, look, we. We deal with people in grief. We deal with people who have just lost a loved one. And then, so we didn't want to also throw a transgendered person into the mix because is that going to upset them more? I, I don't know. That's a really tough, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. But not so much anymore because the Sixth, sixth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals uh, said, yeah, you can't fire somebody for that affirms that it's unlawful. The owners uh, argued in court that transitioning to another gender is against their beliefs. Could be a religious belief that someone has, but at this time, most people understand it's wrong to decriminalize and it's wrong to fire someone from their job that they're doing perfectly well just because they're transgendered. Now, aside from their beliefs, I would think you'd, you'd have the people who are coming in uh, uppermost in your mind, and you would want to not take any chances. I mean, are we so far beyond? Are we so far beyond uh, what the kinds of things we used to think? Like, like that's a mental disorder. That's what we used to believe about it. That if you had a gender dysphoria, that was a problem that needed treatment. I know we're 
we're beyond that now and we just accept everybody but a grieving family may not maybe that makes them a little more uncomfortable and it's a presentation thing a private business should be allowed to decide who they want interacting with the public and there might be a dress code involved as well i don't know i bet there is there's a you know you may or may not allow employees to wear hats let me tell and please you're not going to allow an employee to come in dressed in cutoffs right uh, a grimy t-shirt and cutoffs well okay you you can discriminate against that person but not a man dressed as a woman i i don't know it's just uh, that's a tough one mm. i i just i mean hillary clinton i mean she she wore wore pantsuits right Right. In a time when that wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? That was her choice. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't a private business where, look, I'm sorry. Yeah. Businesses are in charge. They get to make the rules. They get to decide who wears what. Not anymore. And, and, and then you throw in the transitioning thing. This is absurd. I mean. It is. Just stop. <sighs> in dealing with the public, you should be able to make some determinations like this. At your business, at your place of business. There's no freedom anymore. You're man. dealing with the public. You should be able to decide uh, how you put your best foot forward, how you make your customers the most comfortable, especially in this business. 888 900 3393. Steve in Georgia, you're on the blaze. Hi. Steve? Mm, man, a few we words. Lost him. We lost him. We're barely getting to know him. And then, you know, it was really uh, wow. succinct, though. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, at least he didn't ask me how I'm doing. So we got that going for us. <laughs> Armand in California, welcome to the blaze. Hey, Pat, how are you? Okay. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Uh, okay, so what you were saying earlier about the uh, Democrats, or I mean, I'm sorry, Republicans just going with Trump and, and not understanding why. I'm, I'm from California, yep. 34 years old. There are, you know... Two million people that voted for Trump as opposed to six or eight million people that voted for Hillary in the last election. And at least with my age group of people, the people that are between 25 and 40, they love it. I, I, I hate it, but they enjoy watching liberals cry and get upset and try to backtrack. They don't my friends and, and I use that term loosely. They don't care. Yeah, they really enjoy yeah. watching you get upset, and not you or me particularly. They enjoy watching Democrats make up getting upset. They they get a kick out of it, and I find it destructive. <laughs> it I is, hate it, but they're fighting fire with fire. And like I said, I don't agree with it, but that's some of my friends put the most atrocious, the most vile, race baiting posts just to get a Democrat, one of my friends, <laughs> riled up. Just, they, they did it for eight years, and now it's payback. And like I said, I hate it. Yeah, I don't do it, but I witness it every day. Yeah, it's not a good idea. And so, I mean, do they not feel the least bit hypocritical on any of these issues? No, because, I mean, when, when Clinton was in office, I was, you know, 10 years old, 12 years old. That was, I don't know how many years ago. Yeah. But, I, I uh, you know, I had no say in politics. I mean, Bush got elected when I was, 17, I believe, okay. 17 or 18, I can't remember. So all the Clintons, I was 15, 16 years old. Four, I, who, I don't know anything. And now you have people that are that were all hunky-dory with Obama, and then now it's Trump, and they're getting upset. And so, you know, Republicans on the side of the aisle that are in their 20s, they've been 
upset with Obama for eight years, and now it's Trump, and they're just MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. Yeah, it's 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 payback. It's payback. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Armand. There is that element, and and we've talked about it many times. There's the element that he'll, you know, the president will say whatever he wants, and and go after people, and he goes after them really hard, and they like that because they're tired of being gone after. So now that somebody is uh, turning the tables, mm. it's a great thing. It's a good way to run a country. In fact, uh, let's see what's happening uh, in uh, South Africa right now. Yeah. To the extreme. Yeah, the revenge thing doesn't... Yeah, it's not, not the way to go. Also, when you drop all your principles and values and just forget about any sort of character issues in the process, uh, it makes you pretty inconsistent, at least. 888 3393. Uh, there's a lot more where this came from. And your calls. Oh, Jeffy. Plus, coming we're going to check in on Jeffy. Yeah. Uh, next. Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray Unleashed. Welcome, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It is uh, time to chew oh, the fat. Yeah, <clears throat> with Jeffy, he's not here today. Okay, so we're gonna go to our remote camera and uh, talk to him that way. Okay, we could just. Hey, there he is. Hey, there he is. Jeffy. <laughs> no, he's having a smoke. <laughs> Does he know that the camera's on? I don't think so. Jeffy. Jeffy. Hey, Jeffy. Squeeze the pig. Maybe that'll wake him up. I mean, he is smoking on camera. Jeffy! Hey! Jeffy! So he looked over. So, hey. What is he? He doesn't know I did it wrong. I, I, thought he, I thought he quit smoking. I guess not. So, Not when he's at home. <laughs> at a zoo. I don't think Amber likes it very much. I'm surprised. Of course, that's, that's probably why, why he's out in the field. Yeah, that's why he's outside. He's got a lot of space around his property, though. That, that's kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, how does he get the internet connection out there with the Netflix and stuff? I don't know. Because pretty impressive. Yeah. Okay. Impressive coverage. Well, we'll try again. We'll fix the camera signal, the satellite, and we'll get that. Yeah. Back up. He apparently for you. couldn't hear us. Hmm. Ah, man, this equipment shame, here. Man. Uh, you could also uh, tweet us at Pat Unleashed. Uh, true, st- true storm lover says mm. you don't hear much about Venezuela on the news because it would give socialism the name it deserves. Socialism sucks. <laughs> if they had to report that, all the Democrats would be up in arms. But that's what they want in America, or worse. Yeah, yeah I think so, too. Uh, Brent, out of shape. Did aluminum exist when the Constitution was written? If not, we can't quote the Constitution when it comes to who has the authority to impose tariffs on it. Really good point. Hashtag put that in your pipe. Mm-hmm. And Lone Wolf 2965 says, I still want to hear Arlen Specter perform LaGrange. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do, too. See, how would that... Uh, I didn't leave the Republican Party. The Republican Party left me. 
Ah ha ha ha. Ah ha ha ha. They got a lot of nice girls in that town. They call the Grange. Act like a lady. <laughs> Act like a lady. Yes, it's the same voice. It's the same voice. Arlen Specter actually joined ZZ Top for LaGrange. See, I didn't notice. At I'm, least at the very beginning. That's like a trivia question. I like musical <laughs> trivia and, poli- and political trivia, and mm-hmm. they're married into that one question. Yes. That's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Uh, that, is just, that is the same voice. Arlen Specter <laughs> and the LaGrange thing. <laughs> it's a good catch on that. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, this is interesting because we've asked the question many times, what's wrong with Nancy Pelosi? Um, well, I mean, how, how much time do you got here? Yeah, I, you could go way back, but I legitimately think there's something you yeah. know, physically wrong now. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is one speech where she has 16 brain freezes. Now, they've edited you know, some of the other parts out, mm-hmm. but they show you all the brain freezes. March 5th. Mark the six month, the end of the uh, the time frantic state. Uh, the list uh-huh. goes on and on. Yeah. Um, um, we listen. Uh, uh, I'm very proud mm. of the work of Benny Thompson and okay. uh, uh, Ranking Member Thompson. Right. Most uh, ex- exhilarating uh, thrill for people. It's not permanent. And again, as you know. Um, Mm-hmm. Yesterday, 14 months later, House and Senate is happening this week. This week we had Hello. We had the 6th being the 14 month uh, in September of 2008. Mm-hmm. So why are we going home at 11 o'clock that the Russians uh, did um, inter- disrupt our attempt to disrupt our elections? You know, there's a... a Maybe we'll meet next. For example, his budget, uh, uh, cutting Medicare, but it shouldn't take that long. What the Republicans are doing that want to be exploded by the big banks is so wrong. You, you have to give credit for being brazen. And uh, you need uh, to see how it goes. But you might say, oh, how do we man, have this? Community? is painful. Uh, it's painful to watch. Banks, how do we help um, S, um, mm-hmm. um, uh, raise that number? Ra- raise. I think that number could be raised. Okay. Oof. Man. Mm. Takes a while uh, to get her point across, and then you're kind of wondering, wait, what was the point there? Kind of doesn't make sense. Some phrases come naturally for her that, that her brain just has kind of an autopilot, which is like, hey, the Republicans want this, <laughs> yes, the Republicans yes. do that. <laughs> Big bank's bad. I mean, uh-huh. she's got some of them that are just kind of in the front file. All Republicans, I mean, all Democrats have that. Mm-hmm. All Democrats have that. Um, and she, she's changed her point of view apparently a little bit on bonuses that people are getting. First of all, she called them crumbs. Now here's what she said about Just them. 13% would go to bonuses and raises. Uh, As USA but, Today editorial board said, this is a tiny portion of the windfall. And the fact that they gave out one-time bonuses rather than permanent raises was telling. Even Goldman Sachs CEO Lloyd Blankfein called the bonuses Mm. symbolic and not a significant thing. Mm. Certainly, we love when people get a bonus. Oh, you do? No. They get a raise. What? But if Uh it's so small in comparison, if the choice was made for corporate America and the top 1% uh, 
uh, in our you got, you got society nothing, huh? at the expense of working families. Okay. Something's wrong with this picture. Wow. I, I, she's not making any sense. No. She loves bonuses, but they're still, these are bad. Definitely bonuses. something wrong with her if she thinks bonuses are a good thing. Definitely <laughs> can check on her brain there. But uh, I'm sorry, is a raise, is a bonus, is that greater or less than zero? Stop saying it's, 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 just, it's just crumbs. Okay, it's still more than if your gal had won. The the people who are receiving these certainly aren't saying it's crumbs and it's nothing. And no, take it back. That's not even worth having. Nobody's saying that. No. Why does she keep doing this? Well, she's got to keep bashing Trump. That's that's the only thing she knows. She doesn't care if what he's done was good or bad. And in a lot of cases, it's things they actually agree with and they still bash him for it. The DACA thing. All they have to do is say, hey, nice job on the DACA thing. He, he actually gave us three times the amount of people we were looking for. We, we just asked for 800,000. He's given us 1.8 million. So thank you, uh, Mr. Trump, for putting almost 2 million people on the path to citizenship. Didn't expect that. That was a nice job. But they can't do that. They can't admit that he's actually done something well. You just can't admit it. Oh, man. It's agonizing. 888-900-3393. But, uh, you know, Democrats have agendas, and they just don't stop until they jam the agenda down your throat. It's kind of like the Wisconsin gubernatorial candidate who is trying to win the Democrat nomination so that she can take on Scott Walker in the fall. And her agenda is strange. And she picked a weird place to kind of drive it home during a political ad. Here's Kelda Roy's first campaign ad uh, for governor of Wisconsin. Oh, boy. When I was in the state assembly, I learned about BPA, which was a toxic chemical that was totally unregulated. And it was everywhere. It was in can liners and in baby bottles and sippy cups. And it gets into whatever the baby is drinking. And this was horrifying to me. How could our government let this dangerous chemical be in all these products? So I said, well, Wisconsin is going to be the first state to ban BPA in baby bottles and sippy cups. I was putting together my legislative update and I went door to door to hand it out. Approached this one door and even before it opened, it was a summer day and I could like hear the sound of kids, woman opens the door and I kind of hand her my legislative update and grabs it and like slams the door and like runs back to deal with whatever her kids are yelling sure. about. Oh. I'm off to the next house, already up the driveway. Baby's hungry. Here we go. Oh, honey. Okay. Yeah. And I hear her calling after me. And she said, oh. I just read that and you she are whips working out her on the BPA-Free Kids Act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I started to tell her, you know, bisphenol A is a neurotoxin. She said, I know, I know, I know. Our daughter's had some wow. problems. And so the cameraman the was ready for that. said that it's because yeah, she was. was With the zoom BPA. in and everything. It really yeah. means so much to me that That's you're great. taking this issue to heart. That's what's wrong with politics today. Mm-hmm. Are we taking our orders from people? Or are we taking them from chemical corporations that don't care at all about what people need?
We still were able to, by working across the aisle, <laughs> pass the bill that's not to ban BPA. And Wisconsin was indeed one of the very first states to do that. Oh, wonderful. That's that wonderful. was an incredible moment because you realize how incredible. totally important totally. the work that we do is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Government and should be about helping every person achieve his or her potential. And, and Wisconsin breastfeeding needs to do it so well. On the spur of the moment. That's what democracy it should be about. Democracy only works when we're not a democracy. We all get involved. Please help me on that. Please mm -hmm. stop it. Can somebody, please, for the love of heaven, stop with the democracy thing? That's worse than breastfeeding your child on the ad. <laughs> that is so weird. Have you seen anything weirder than that on a political ad? Uh. Well, there's that one lady who said that like you should like kill men, not kill men, but chop them. What what was the lady said? Uh, Got to be anybody but a man. I forgot. It was about a couple months ago. It mm. was really. I don't think I remember it. Oh, I'm finding that one. But breastfeeding right in the middle of your ad. Yeah, that was something. When you don't have to, it shows that you've got this agenda that says, hey, it's okay to breastfeed whenever and wherever. And if you don't like it, that's tough. And, you know, there's some truth to that. It's It's okay to breastfeed your baby. You know, there's some people that would like it if you're discreet about it, but you can breastfeed your baby. It's perfectly natural. <laughs> I would just, you know, ask. Maybe you cover up somewhat. Is that possible or is that too much to ask? Whoa. And she kind of did. But right in the middle. I, so the cameraman's ready to focus oh, on. Oh, he knows what's happening. She, she claims it wasn't planned. It just happened. <laughs> what? Shut up. Really? Come on. Shut up. That Kelda. poor baby. Uh, that kid is that child abuse i want to know behind i want witnesses that were on set i want to know how long that baby was crying i want to know i want to know this stuff and by the way well and since when would the cameraman switch over to a crying baby a you wouldn't have the baby in there because you know it could cry and then it ruined it ruined the uh the take right it, yeah. it would ruin the commercial but as soon as the baby started crying camera whips over and and there's the baby being held by the father and mm -hmm. he brings it over Gives it to the mom. That was premeditated. Oh, of course it, it was. So premeditated. Yeah. And uh, let's see here. Okay, so wait a minute here. Wait one minute. When did Scott Walker become governor? Uh, 2011. Oh, did he? I think he won the 2010 Ooh, election, and then he took over in 11. This is important for me to know. I know everyone in Wisconsin right now is screaming at their radio here uh in 2010 general election okay so this became a law in 2010 i thought maybe he's the one that signed it but darn it that would have been just too poetic what was it the bpa thing yeah yeah so this happened right before he became governor. so they replaced bpa mm -hmm. with bps uh okay. so they they it, they did have bisphenol disphenol a but now they've replaced it with bisphenol s which might be just as harmful <laughs> Now, according to Stu, she fixed it though. Who's who's huge on these things, and he features these a lot on uh, on his show, The Wonderful World of Stu, and he's actually done BPA on the show. And Stu has done some research into BPA because he's he's he loves these, you know, everything is harmful to you thing, and they've found no evidence of it being harmful. So even her premise of the BPA is apparently suspect. Mm. If you look at if you look at the actual studies, scientists have found it's not harmful. Some people think it is, but it hasn't ever been proven. And Stuart's saying that was Europe. Does I mean, nothing. That's Europe that was saying that. The Euro Union. I mean, that, looked that's into a it. bigger and, deal than just if like some. Yeah, they think whatever. everything is harmful there. <laughs> everything is harmful. So uh, I don't know. 
I it, the whole thing is suspect, but but the agenda of feeding your baby on a campaign ad is such pandering. Stop it. Please tell me she doesn't win the uh, Democrat nomination. Well, actually, it, it might be fun so that Scott Walker could wipe the floor with her, you know, politically speaking, in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, 888-900-3393. Uh, much more where that came from. But let me tell you about something fantastic. This is a new product that we've recently discovered, and I love it. Um, there is a product that allows you to safely practice shooting your gun privately, comfortably, and conveniently in your home. Now, you don't have to shoot it into a book like the guy was doing in his apartment complex. He shot, he shot rounds into his book thinking ah, that nothing can penetrate that book. Well, it did. And then it penetrated the wall of his neighbor's house. And so he was arrested. Yeah, you don't want that to happen to you. Plus, you're going to save a bunch of money on ammo. You don't need it. It's expensive. Then you pay the range fees. Then there's a hassle of driving to and from the range. Now... With iTarget Pro, just use your cell phone and their app, which uses a laser in place of the bullet, and it detects exactly where your shots are landing. You can hear it. You can see it. It's just an awesome system. Go to iTarget Pro. That's the letter I, then TargetPro.com. Check out the video. I think you're going to fall in love with this like we have. Right now, save 10% with the offer code PAT when you purchase the iTarget Pro system. Save money. Save time and take your skills to the next level safely and effectively with the letter I, then TargetPro.com, offer code PAT. ITargetPro.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. We're just talking about the militant breastfeeder (laughs) who did the ad for her campaign for governor in Wisconsin. And I was asking if there is a weirder, there ever been a weirder political ad than that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, Keith thinks he found one Mm -hmm. from Michigan Attorney General, I believe. Okay. So she's running for Attorney General in Michigan. Yeah. And um, here's what she had to say The last few weeks has taught us anything. It's that we need more women in positions of power, not less. Mm. So, mm-hmm. when you're choosing Michigan's next attorney general, ask yourself this. Mm-hmm. Who can you trust most not to show you their penis in a professional setting? Uh, Is it the candidate who doesn't have a penis? My gosh. I'd say so. Some people will tell you, well, I can't be the Democratic nominee for attorney general here in Michigan because we can't have an all-female ticket for statewide office in 2018. Pundits and insiders are asking, can we afford to have a female governor, a female attorney general, and a female secretary of state? Unbelievable. Well, I read the news, and I bet you do too. And it has me wondering, can we afford not to? Wow. First of all, terrible quality i mean are you recording this in a bathroom it's not live man it's like this weird echoey terrible audio ad where she's sitting on a fireplace mantle no she's sitting on a chair in front of the fireplace okay and then talking about 
they need to elect somebody without a penis? Yeah, that's all I need to know. Before I go to the ballot box? Okay, wait yeah. That, that might exceed the, the breastfeed ad. And, that, it might. And wait a minute now. Don't do... What, what, what you judge it like that? I mean, maybe I identify as someone on that particular day that doesn't... I'm not going to ever identify yeah. as that. But I mean, it's like... It's, you, just, you never know. Like this world... Ah! <clears throat> ah! It's aggravating. That's my response. Ah! Dana Nessel. Uh, so if you're in Michigan and you're you really, how she's doing in the polls, there. really excited about voting for her for Michigan Attorney General. I just said polls. Sorry about that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Illinois, there's a bill requiring 18 to 20 year olds to hand, hand over their semi-automatic firearms uh, going to the Senate right now. That would never happen. Not nah, in they're this never going to confiscate your weapons. Come on. <laughs> what? We all love the Second Amendment, but <laughs> but. A bill requiring 18 to 20-year-olds to hand over or transfer ownership of heretofore legally possessed assault weapons is gaining sponsors in the Illinois Senate after passing in the House last month. It passed the stinking Illinois House 6451. That is... So guns that are currently owned by 18 to 20-year-olds... That are legal. In Illinois, legally owned... They'd have to give them up. Okay. They're coming for their... If this passes the Senate, too. NRA, ILA, described the weapons covered by HB 1465 as, quote, commonly owned semi-automatic firearms, unquote. The bill also requires 18 to 20-year-olds to forfeit ownership of any magazines that hold more than 10 rounds of ammunition. The guns and magazines remain legal for people... 21 and up, but people hmm. under 21 would have 90 days to give up ownership if it becomes law. Oh, boy. They're never going to confiscate no, your weapons. That's not going to happen not in this country. <laughs> this no. is America. No. Right. Stop with your hysterics, will you please? Besides, it's only passed one body. It hasn't I'm, passed the other yet. Oh, and I'm tired of the hyperbole. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, Keith, mm-hmm. but that could never happen in America. Fear-mongering. That's not even what we're talking about here. We're just mm-hmm. talking about common sense reform. Common sense reform. Common sense. Like they did in New Orleans. Remember back in 2005 oh, after Hurricane the most Katrina? Sensical. Sen- common sensical as it gets. Yeah. It was mega common sense. It's super Doppler mega common sensical. Mm-hmm. This is common sense that is otherworldly common sense. Take a look at this okay. uh, report on that common sense move in New Orleans just a few years ago. <laughs> That includes New Orleans, where today authorities stepped up their efforts to empty the city. Bob Woodruff is there again tonight with an extraordinary human drama unfolding. Bob? That's true, Elizabeth, and good evening from New Orleans. Here, the police and the National Guard find themselves in a very difficult position tonight to try to carry out an order to force people from the city without actually using force. Oh, huh. That sounded forceful. Today in New Orleans, they got a lot tougher on the holdouts. Police department, Not only the flooded areas, but New Orleans' driest and wealthiest neighborhoods, too. Hmm. Okay. Police department! The police and National Guard going street by street, house to house. We need to make sure, too, that uh, whenever we knock on doors, people refuse to leave. We need to make note, call it in. They say there are no orders to use force, just strong persuasion. Oh, Sometimes entering open houses with guns drawn. Whoa. 
Oh, that sounds like force. Instructions to disarm anyone inside. Wait, what? You said guns, guns will be taken. No one will be able to be armed. We yes, will sir. take all yes, weapons. Sir. Wait, what? That happened what you... today in this wealthy neighborhood where homeowners huh? had armed themselves to protect their mansions. Wait, armed to protect? Residents were handcuffed on the ground. In the end, police took their weapons but let them stay in their homes. They, oh, they were their weapons. Because our weapons were bigger than their weapons. Huh. For many of the police and guard troops, it is an uncomfortable job to do this in an American city. You think? America. This guard unit occupied a church, using it as a base camp. They had to leave a note because they could not get hold of the pastor the, the, to get permission. Ordered it is, soldiers it is was the huh. Yeah, you just never, huh. you never. Was the note the Third Amendment? Second Amendment? Chris Third Montgomery Amendment? says he'd rather Fourth, be in fifth? Iraq than patrolling American huh. neighborhoods. Walking up and down these streets, wow. you don't, you don't want to think about the stuff that you're gonna have to do. If somebody pops around the corner. Let me shoot an American. Yeah. Okay, but that, I mean, that's yes, not gonna happen it, here. It, of course, it already did, but I mean. They had a hurricane there. There's yeah. the hurricane clause yeah. in the Constitution. Got about that one, hurricane. Yeah, clause. when when you've had a flooded territory or a hurricane category mm-hmm. one or above, okay. confiscation is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that something. to that effect. Close yeah. enough. Uh, coming up, Brad Meltzer on the escape artist, and uh, we'll talk to him about a lot more. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. It's Friday, 888-933-93. Free speech Friday, whatever you want to call about. Uh, but we're excited to have Brad Meltzer join us. Uh, you know Brad from great stuff on the History Channel series. I Am Harriet Truman is the latest. Uh, he's also He also has a new novel called The Escape Artist. Hey, Brad, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. Do you think I'm going to let you get away with calling her Harriet Truman? I caught that too. Harriet Tubman. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyone, anyone else, I would do it. But old friends, you got to give them crap, right? Yeah. Thank you, Harriet Tubman. Of course. Awesome. Yes. Uh, okay. So, uh, tell me about the escape artist. A lot yeah, of people so, are. Call, I've heard it referred to as your best book yet. Do you well, feel that, that way? That review, that review was written by Glenn Beck today on Twitter, which blew me away. I woke up nice. um, and, and, and just was blown away. But this book started for me when I was on a USO tour in the Middle East a few years ago. And I got to tell you, this is, you know, they bring thriller writers. They used to bring them every year to entertain the troops. And it was right before we got there. It was the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders. It was the MMA Fighters. And then it was us, the authors. And my buddy was like, can you take the audible sigh when you walk in and they realize that they got you, like <laughs> as opposed to the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders? Um, but obviously I was out there and I loved it. You know, I've done it a number of times with the USO. We go and entertain the troops. And it was there that Dover really came onto my radar. And, and of course, we know that Dover Air Force Base is where our fallen soldiers go to be laid to rest. We all know all too well those flag-covered coffins that we see on the news. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't know was that Dover is also home to the biggest cases. So on the Pentagon flight from 9-11, the victims went to Dover. Uh, Same thing with the space shuttle going down. And also our top spies around the world, 007s, the people whose no one's name should be known, the stars in the CIA, 
when you walk in, you see just those stars and they can't tell you who it is. Mm-hmm. All those people go to Dover too, which means Dover is a place that's built on secrets and mysteries. And I was like, I mm-hmm. gotta set a thriller there. No kidding. I mean, that is intriguing. Just that setup. Um, right. And then the thing is, when you go there, you're just humble because, you know, if you're in a normal funeral home and you get this figure, you're in a car accident, you know, they have a closed casket and that's how they bury you. But at Dover, these poor families, they, they sometimes don't even believe what happened until they see their son, see their daughter. Hmm. And so they'll spend at Dover 14 hours rewiring someone's jaw and then smoothing it over with clay so they can get one last look at their son or daughter. Or rebuilding someone's whole hand because a mother specifically says that she wants to hold her son's hand one last time. And I think right now, you know, Pat, we're we're all looking for heroes in this world. We're kind of starving for heroes as a country sometimes. But I looked and I was like, these are the heroes. These are the best of the best of us working on the best of the best of us. I was like, I'm going to make them the heroes in my new thriller, and the world's going to see their story. Mm, Wow. Um, So uh, is this going to be another uh, series for you? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I I didn't think it was going to be. It's my 20th year writing thrillers. I'm usually pretty good at telling which one to do, but... Um, when we were when we were doing our show on the 9/11 flag and the missing 9/11 flag, I was we were filming it at uh, this military museum, and I thought again this was going to be a book about Dover, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And as we were filming, I was in this army museum that had paintings done by Adolf Hitler. There were paintings done by big military people. I'm like, why does the army have all this art? And they explained to me, and this is true, that since since World War One. The U.S. Army has had an actual artist, a painter on staff, who paints disasters as they happen. And whether it's storming the beaches of Normandy, whether it's Vietnam or even 9-11, they're there, too. They're still around. Mm. Our war painters, what they're called, the war painters are everyone else is rushing with guns. They're rushing with colored pencils in their pockets. And I'm like, that's the craziest job in the world. That, that person's crazy. I said, I want to meet him. I want to meet him. Mm-hmm. And they said to me, you want to meet her? And I was like, oh, it's a woman. And right there, this character Nola came to life in the book. And Nola is my kind of girl with the dragon tattoo. You know, she's just uh, not that's not really fair to the girl with the dragon tattoo, but I'll take that compliment. But Nola is just this character that grabbed me by the throat and said, you're going to write me in this book. And when I was done, she's like, you're going to write me in the next one. So when I got her, it really became a series because she just kind of I couldn't take my eyes off her. Very cool. Um you know, so you sort of refer to it. I, I, I we watched a movie recently where, oh, it was a, it was the Charles. Did you see the Charles Dickens Christmas movie, where he they they uh, depicted him, kind oh, of. This one, like, wait, how he came up with the Christmas Carol? Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, his my characters. Buddy, my buddy actually produced that movie. I haven't seen it yet. It's his characters telling him uh, how to. This is kind of how he wrote the book. His characters sort of appear to him in his mind. And he writes him into the story that way. Is that sort of the way it happened with this uh, Nola character? I mean, listen, I don't see ghosts like everybody is a Scrooge. Um, yeah. But but yeah, but it, but if you do it right, yeah, that's what happened. I mean, and it's not even just it's not imaginary people. It's actually the people who are there. So I take my plot, and I you know I knew in this book I wanted to open up with a with someone having a secret note in their body, and so I went to the people at Dover and I was like, Could you, how do you hide a note in a body? And this is true. They said to me that if you want, if, a, if your plane is going down about to crash and you write a note and eat it with enough time and it makes its way to your stomach, that the liquids in your stomach 
could actually protect the node. And I was like, oh, that's a cool story. That's a good idea. And they said to me, it's not just an idea, Brad. It happened on 9-11. And I said, what are you talking about? And they explained to me, this is again true, that on 9-11, that one of the victims of the Pentagon flight, that when they went and were, you know, picking through all the pieces of what happened, that they found in someone's stomach a note. And I was like, what was in the note? And they said, to, you know, obviously they couldn't tell me. I respect the privacy reasons for that. I figured it had to be someone in the military because who else would have that kind of wherewithal to think of such a thing? Yeah. And wow. I, I look back on that moment and I'm like, you know what? I really believe that whatever that person was doing, they were, they were looking for what we all look for, which is connection, right? Mm-hmm. We want to love and be loved. And my, my parents died. The, the good news that I got was I got to say goodbye to them. That was the one blessing that I got. Um, the one good thing that was happening. And I realized that, you know, I remember they called it a message in a bottle is how they described that note in that body. And to me, Mm. I feel like the reason I take hope from that note is because it's just proof that when we send that message in a bottle out there, someone's going to hear us. And when I heard that story, I'm like, that's the plot of the book. That's what drives me. That's my my Ebenezer Scrooge ghost. It's like, Mm. I realized that's the opening scene of the book. This woman, Nola's on a plane and the plane crashes. And then they find her body in Dover, and they open up the body, and there's a note. And I just make the note better. The note says in mine, Nola, you were right. Keep running. And you realize that's not Nola at all. Nola's not dead. She's alive, and she's on the run. And now I've got chapter one. Hmm. And so to me, that's my process is I listen to the real-world stuff and then, you know, plot from there. And then the escape – she's the escape artist. Yeah, and that's what makes your your novel so cool because they are based on actual things. And sometimes, a lot of times, truth is stranger than fiction. And if it didn't actually happen, you would never believe it in the story. It's pretty amazing. Well, well, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, I found this story about Harry Houdini (laughs) that, you know, in, in 1898, a man named John Wilkie was put in charge of the Secret Service. And he's a magician himself. He loves doing magic tricks. He's a friend of Harry Houdini. It's the only time in history that a magician is in control of a secret service. I'm like, I'm using that. That's page one of the escape. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I just ruined page one for you, but that's page one, man. And I was like, that's it. And, and you know, you, you find, I started researching Harry Houdini and all these amazing things about him. And I was like, that's the escape artist. Now I got it. Really cool. Um, you've also written, you've been writing children's books. Um, the parents need to know about, and, and you're up to what, 15 uh, in the I am series. Yeah, we just yeah yeah. Uh, Harriet Truman was our fourteenth. Okay. <laughs> I will not it's allow you to call her Harriet Truman. It is Harriet right, Tubman, yeah. right? Uh, Harriet Tubman was our Harriet Tubman was our fourteenth. So, and then the next one is Neil Armstrong. Is that right? Oh my, yeah. Neil Armstrong is. You got to see Neil Armstrong. So Neil Armstrong is who. Uh, you know, I did these because, of course, you know, I just was tired of my kids looking at awful politicians. And people who are famous for being famous and, you know, and athletes that are overpaid and just score points and thinking these are what the heroes are in the world. I was like, we had so many better heroes in history. And Neil Armstrong, you know, stands with that's the new one coming in September. Uh, remember when humility was a cool thing? Mm, yeah. Remember when teamwork was a good <laughs> yes, thing? Yes. Uh, and so we, we just really just had a great time with that. And we sent it to our buddy in NASA. My, and and he, we just every rivet on every rocket is there. And when my buddy used to work at NASA, um, we sent it to him. And this is the man who used to work at NASA sends back to us. He says, you guys are such nerds because we were so nerdy about it. we just got every detail. Uh, you know, we want to show the kids. But, yes, that's a new one that's coming. That's exciting. I, I mean, Neil Armstrong is one of my childhood heroes. I was like eight years old, I think, when when he was on the moon. But uh, he was a class act. 
and he died what three or four years ago, five maybe. Yeah, he did. Not yeah, that long he, ago. Yeah, he... uh, but uh, but he was uh, so humble, and uh, and he just he seemed to kind of shun the spotlight after he was the first person to ever walk on the moon. Um, so he's an amazing character to me. Uh, yeah, be- and the re- you know what I learned about him that I didn't know is it was exactly what you said that word humble. And he used to always talk. I mean, this guy walked on the moon. And they said, they, I found this little detail that I loved. He said every time he talked about the accomplishments that were happening with NASA, he never said the word I. He only used the word we. Hmm. And he even said, he said, everyone who worked on this, you know, we did it. Um, and that's why he's the first guy. And you see, it actually happens when he's a little kid. When he's a little kid, he says, He's like seven or eight years old. He climbs a tree. His big dream in his life was to climb this big tree in his backyard. And he finally is like, you know, it's kind of like engineering itself. You've got to kind of pick the right branch. You've got to know which way. You've got to make a plan. You've got to execute the plan. And he's climbing the tree, and he grabs a dead branch. And he falls like 20, 30 feet and lands on his back. And he gets the wind knocked out of him. He's a little kid. And he can barely even talk. And his sister comes running over and no words come out because he's just got the wind knocked out of him. And his sister's like, you want me to get mom? And he's like, yeah. And, but the most important thing he does after that day is he gets back up and does it again. And I want my kids mm. to know like, that the, like, the way you get things is not because you're born to it, not because mm-hmm. it's given to you, not because you're entitled to it, but it's hard work. You know, he, had, he got his pilot's license. He was so obsessed with planes, he got his pilot's license before he got his driver's license. And he did it because he was working. He used to mow the lawn in a graveyard at like 10 years old. Like, if you're wow. mowing the lawn in a graveyard at 10 years old, you're my hero forever. <laughs> right? Like, I don't want to mow the lawn in the graveyard now. I'd be too terrified. But he's a 10-year-old kid doing that. And I need my kids to remember, like, Hard work is what gets you in life, and, and, and we got to teach these values back to our kids again. We're speaking with uh, author Brad Meltzer, uh, whose latest uh, novel is The Escape Artist. Uh, Brad, you've, you've had access to some of the most secret areas of our government. What are some of the most memorable places you've been? Uh, so my favorite, I'll give you two. One of them is the, um, where I know where it is, but I didn't get to go in it, but I know exactly where it is, is the secret tunnels below the White House. And that's a fun one because I was like, mm. I didn't know if they were real, right? We hear the stories. And I was like, you know, whether it's, you know, where they sneak people in or out. But I'll tell you where it is. If you go in the ground floor corridor of the White House, the big red carpet, you see it on the news all the time. There's a statue of FDR. And you make a left into that door. And you're going to be in a little room and all the chairs are stacked to the ceiling. That's where they store the chairs for the state dinner. And you go out the back door to that room, you're going to smell flowers in the air because the White House flower shop's right there. You're going to pass what was Link, uh, Nixon's bowling alley, and this floor is going to start to slope downward because there's HVAC equipment above your head. The ceiling slopes down, the floor slopes down. When you hit the dead end, you make a right turn, you'll see a steel door. That's the actual hidden entrance to the White House. It's a bomb shelter. That's where they took Dick Cheney. And when I first wow. found it out and figured it out, I wrote it in a book, and I gave it to the Secret Service who was helping me with it. And I said, you know, I just want to make sure because I don't like revealing, you know, whenever I do my books, escape artists, anything else, I always change the security protocols. I'll show you the inside, but I'll never I don't want to ever endanger uh, our troops or anyone on a mission, anyone in intelligence. And so I sent it to the Secret Service, who's been working with me for 16 years now. And they sent it back. I said, you don't want to change anything. They said, nope, it's good. And I said, well, why? And they said, you know, Brad, if you can figure this out from your home office, do you really think that a terrorist organization with millions of dollars at their beck and call can't do the same? And what they were really saying was, 
you know, Brad, you're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so that was one. And the other one is there's actually very few people know, and I, this one I did see first uh, with my own eyes. There is a hidden labyrinth below the U.S. Capitol. And when the U.S. Capitol was built, you know, right now we know the big, beautiful dome that's in Washington, D.C. And then there's kind of like two sides of it, the House side and the Senate side, that jut out from the right and left side of the, bu- of the building. When the building was first built, there was no right and left side. It was just that part of the middle. But, you know, they didn't have fancy architects. When they were adding on the Senate side and the House side, they just kind of built it on, and they didn't know how to merge it all. Like, now we'd have historic preservation. So what they did is they just kind of had to connect stuff. But back then, when it was first built, there was no such thing as air conditioning. So there were these big, giant tunnels that ran underground to bring fresh air into the building. So there's this real labyrinth system in there. So right after 9-11 happened, one of the people who works in the curator's office for the Capitol read one of my books, and he's like, I'll take you around. I'm gonna, you know, let's, let's go explore. He's like, I've never even been down here. So I'm with the curator from the Capitol. We're on our hands and knees. I'm in a suit, and it's dirt down there. You're, you know, sometimes you're covered in, like, rock and soot and this old stuff. And we're crawling on our hands and knees, and the tunnel's kind of getting smaller and smaller. And I know the suit's basically ruined. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he stops cold. And this is like a week after 9-11. This is when, like, the anthrax stuff is starting to happen, you know, maybe a week or two after. Mm. And all of a sudden, he stops cold. He says, don't move. And I said, what's wrong? He says, do not move. He said, you know, the government put these things called sniffers in all the entrances so that if, if there was a chemical attack, it could sniff in the air, any change in the air, and it would set off an alarm that would evacuate the entire capital. Now, if you remember, like after 9-11, we were so all on edge. Mm-hmm. And here's anthrax coming. And he says, and if this sniffer will smell us, it's going to set off an alarm and they're going to evacuate the capital and you're going to be on the front page of the paper tomorrow. <laughs> right. And I'm like, do not move. Don't burp. Don't do anything, ma'am. And we slowly walked backwards on our hands and knees and got out of there. And I'll, I'll never forget the moment. It was one of the greatest and scariest moments ever researching. Uh, did you hear the news this week uh, that they are 99 percent sure they found the bones of Amelia Earhart? I love this story. I love this story. So this is a great story. Let's talk about this. Because so, you wrote, you, you also have a children's book. Um, one of the I Am series is I Am Amelia Earhart. So you're a big fan of hers, right? Right. And listen, yeah. on Decoded for two seasons, I was trying to do this as an episode. Yeah. I was obsessed, right? I mean, and the only reason that a history wouldn't let us do it, I think, was that at the time they were producing some kind of Amelia Earhart special and they didn't want us competing with it. But I was like, look at this and look at this and look at this. And the, what the story really is, when you look at it, is there was... Uh, obviously she disappears in 1937 somewhere with a specific ocean. No one knows exactly where. And there's this little Island and it's called, mm-hmm. I think it's like Nica Mario or something like that. Yeah, that's close. Um, but this, and kind of like, uh, I think it's, you know, 1800 miles Southwest of Hawaii is where it is. And in 1941, there was this very famous study that was done where they examined some bones that they found at this Island. And they, what happened was is they found these bones and they were like, is this Amelia Earhart? And the truth was the anthropologists back then were like, no, those are the bones of a man. And so forever for since 1941, no one's believed or known where Amelia Earhart is. But that could have been the navigator, right? Who knows who it could have, right? But the point, but the best part of it is, is now I can't, when I read the story and I'm reading it just like you are, I couldn't believe 
that we've been relying on 1941 technology. <laughs> I know. I know. That's crazy. I'm, like, I'm like, I missed that part of the story. I'm like, I would have yeah. put that on decoded on like the season one premiere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and basically all it was is the real reveal is, is that using current technology, they figured out, yes, this is a woman. She's, you know, above average height and she's about five, six or so. And that's about Amelia Hart's height. And now they're saying it's 99% her. And I, God bless that they do this and wonderful that they found it. But I'm still pissed that since 1941, no one has gone in with like a new newfangled calculator and some CSI information. I know. I and it's a. I mean, she's one of the huge figures of the last century. It's amazing that nobody's done that. It's amazing. And and, and 50,000 specials that are on the channel, and, and I'm like, what? No one just questioned and said yes. We're all relying on like you know. That's like it, it's literally like you know doing a CSI episode, and all we're going to arm the people with is, you know, uh, a, a magnifying glass and saying, that's all we got. So we're, we're about out of time here. But what what are the chances, do you think, that she and the Navigator uh, wanted to get away from it all and they landed there on purpose and lived there until they until they died? Yeah, no way, man. I no? can't believe I got I have to believe a really? cowboy myth of like she's trying and it just didn't work. OK. <laughs> all right. I like that better anyway. All right, Brad Meltzer. Yeah, plus, uh, plus, if I write an ending like that for the kids, they'll kill me. <laughs> That's for sure. By the way, she's just cheating uh, uh, with her navigator, and they just wanted to find a private place. Thanks, uh, Brad. The end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Brad. BradMeltzer.com. You can pick up his uh, new book, The Escape Artist. Order it. Um, pick it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there bookstores anymore? I don't know. Yeah, there's still bookstores. But you can, you can yeah. buy that, uh, The Escape Artist. Or just go to bradmelter.com. Let me tell you about CosmoHurtsKids.com. Uh, the mission has been started by Victoria Hurst, and it's a great one because she believes that Cosmo contains pornography, which is harmful to kids. She just wants material harmful to minor laws be applied to Cosmo like it is other forms of porn. Uh, all you have to do is look at the cover when you're in the grocery checkout stand and you know see the gigantic headline, Heat Up Sex. Sizzling foreplay techniques and warm toys for your hot spots. I mean, yeah, your kids can be enjoying those and and really uh, learning some eye-opening things from them. Or you can become a part of this movement. Go to CosmoHurtsKids.com. Find out what you can do. Not trying to drive the magazine out of business. Just just want 18 and under, under the age of 18, not be able to buy it. Visit CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's CosmoHurtsKids.com. This is Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also at Pat Unleashed and on Facebook at Pat Gray Unleashed. Wow, the ubiquitous Pat Gray. Yes, uh, lots of great uh, videos up there for you to check out and share if you would. Um, the forty five communist goals. Yes, I think we did these last Friday, Thursday or Friday. <clears throat> They're still so relevant today. Um, most of them, a few of them are you know a little bit. Passe. A so, in other bit. words, the forty-five communist uh, accomplishments for yes. America. Well, most of them, yeah, have almost all of them have been accomplished, uh, <laughs> and these were entered into the congressional record back in nineteen sixty-three. Find out how relevant they are. Check it out. 
Uh, some other great videos like uh, Ted Cruz taking on uh, <laughs> boneheaded buffoon Joe Scarborough and taking him to school. Uh, and on Twitter, this from American Pirate. I'd like to, the president of the United States to tell me what's going on that is so bad that his VA secretary is hiding behind locked doors and armed guards. Dude, mm. seriously. Just give me the job. I'll fix the VA. <laughs> right wing ninja one. Uh, will some, someone please tell Donald Trump that the Democrats called and they want their trade policy back? Thank you. Hashtag put that in your pipe. <laughs> Lost Libertarian says, well, arms are in the Constitution while cakes are not. Whoa. Yet there's apparently more legal precedent in place for the cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Constitution yeah. means nothing to progressives. As their numbers grow, the Constitution <laughs> shrinks. No question. And Flaberta Gibbet or Gibbet? Uh, I guess when the war on BPA is your only claim to fame, you got to do something. <laughs> Here's my breast. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you got to breastfeed your child on your uh, campaign commercial. I lost everything as soon as she said she whipped it. As soon as she said uh, she whipped it out. Uh, put that in your butt. She, she, she did, too. She just kind of pulled up her shirt, put her baby on it, and uh, kept going with the ad. Vote for these. <laughs> It's a strange world. Wow. What a weird world it's, we're part of. It's over. And there's no winning on that. There's no winning for a no. man. You can't say, okay, could you cover up? And then you can't say, well, I'm glad you didn't cover up. Because either one of them, <laughs> you're going to get beat to, to death over it. There's no winning. Yeah. There's just no way to win. Nope. 888 900 is uh, the last half hour or so of Free Speech Friday. So if you want to get in and... Talk about whatever's on your mind. Uh, now is the time to do it. Um, we also have, I, I wanted to play this Governor Cuomo thing again, and we'll do this coming up here after the break. Uh, it is, he, one of the most butt stupid things ever uttered by an American politician. <clears throat> we played this briefly yesterday, and it's worth it, worth doing it again. Uh, <laughs> Just because I, I can't believe he said it. Yeah, because you like producing aneurysms in your head? Yeah, pretty okay. much. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray. You know, we played that. On the Blaze Radio Network. We played that video of Nancy Pelosi having 16 brain freezes in a matter of minutes. It, it just, it's unfair. We should go back to a time when she was much, much more eloquent. Oh? Do you remember this time? I do not. Well, I'm going to remind you. Okay. It's when she talked about. They ask me all the time, what is your favorite this? this what is your favorite, favorite that? that? What's your favorite, favorite that? That was, that was, that was, that and one time, what is your favorite, favorite word? And I and said, my well, favorite word, my that fa- is really that easy. easy. It's easy. My favorite word is the word. The word. The bird is the word. Or the word. the word. Just the word. And that is and that's everything. It everything. says it all it says for it all. us. Word. And you know the biblical reference. You know the gospel the, reference. Yeah, it's the word. The word. And uh, that. That word. Wor- 
word. Wait. Is, uh, <laughs> is uh, we have to give, give voice give voice to what that means in <laughs> terms that, of uh, in terms of public policy that would be in keeping the with keeping the values of the word uh, of the word of of the word the word the word. Isn't it a beautiful word? It's a word. It's it? a beautiful word. It just covers word. everything. It covers, it covers, well, word. word. All four <laughs> fill, you know, letters. Fill it in with anything fill you want, in. but of course we know. But we know it the, means, the, the, the word. It means the word. The word was made flesh. Flesh. And dwelt among us. And the, that's the, uh, oh, the great mystery. Man, does she believe that? Faith. We're, Holy cow. It will come again. Yeah. It will come again. So we and have he's to gonna be happy sure with your prepared to answer your, uh, this life or otherwise. Uh, He's gonna be, to, uh, how we have, uh, he's going to be so happy when he comes back, too, when he oh, says, oh. hey, Nancy, uh, thanks for, you know, slaughtering, uh, making sure that so many of the children I sent to this earth got slaughtered before they had a chance to be born. Appreciate that. I don't believe I've ever heard the uh, mm-hmm. extended dance mix like we just did there. Oh, the the like the word. I, I, on I usually on. don't let it go that long. I but just, when you do, you just find out what a babbling idiot she really, lot really of is. Words in there. The word, word. She just keeps saying word. Isn't that beautiful? Word. It's a beautiful word. Is word. it the word made flesh? The word. And we all know the biblical reference. Yeah. And how it covers everything. Uh-huh. And it's beautiful. The word. Uh, just sounds good to so her. So genuine word. when she speaks. Oh, too. are you kidding me? Right? Oh, yeah. No hypocrisy there. She's all about the word. 888-900-3393. Oh, which leads me to what uh, uh, Cuomo, Andrew, Andrew Cuomo said mm, mm. Uh, yesterday, the day before, about progressivism. Check this out. Unreal. My whole tenure has been about getting progressive things done. I believe when you go to the pearly gates... And mm. our Lord says, have you mm-hmm. been a good progressive? <laughs> oh uh, he said a list of what you got done. Ah! And uh, I have accomplished more progressive results in mm. this state. Wow, good for you. Than have been yeah. accomplished by any administration. Sure. Uh, and I believe that is factually, objecti- objectively, mm. irrefutable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably is, but, you know... How that's going to be received when you get to the pearly gates is the question. He believes apparently it's going to be, uh, again, a, a party because he made sure that more babies, more black babies are aborted in New York City than are born. Oh, that's progressive. With his policies. That's progressive. Uh, he made sure that, um, well, I won't go down that road because no. that might not be. <laughs> you want to do that? No. Okay. I just thought better of it. A little self-editing on the air <laughs> in real time. Kind of like this game because I don't know. <laughs> oh, golly. I'm going to start Googling Andrew Cuomo uh, okay. while yeah. you're talking. All right. 888 We'll just leave it there. Okay. Uh, Radine in California. You're on the blaze. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pat, mm-hmm. your listeners, you know, we get stuff done. What can I say? So yesterday, mm-hmm. the dog tag furniture interview was so inspiring that um, I talked to you afterwards, and I mm-hmm. bought a flag for our post here. Great. Well, Commander Now and I from American Legion Post 311 put out a challenge after that on Facebook and Twitter to every other American Legion post in the country wow. to buy a flag. There are 14,000 posts all throughout the country. Now, granted, most posts have a bar in it because it was started in 1919, and I think the old vets went through PTSD by, like, drinking, yeah. then punching <laughs> another vet, then <laughs> buying that vet another drink. 
Yes, my dad is from that era. Well, a little later than that era, but that's that's how he dealt with his issues. So, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, but even if you're not a member of one of the American Legion kind of families, because there's kind of something for everybody, um, there's legionnaires and aux- um, auxiliary and stuff, you don't have to be. You're going to have a post mm-hmm. near you. If you can buy a flag or get together with a few friends and afford one and donate it to that post, the money will still go to the vet's families. Mm-hmm. Now, we happen to get the flag that's available on his website that has his logo. Um, his logo, for everybody who hasn't seen it yet, is uh, dog tags with 22. Not only will his company be represented, but it'll be a great reminder for the 22 vets that commit suicide every, uh, what is it, week? Every day. Every, every day. day. Oh, mm-hmm. that's right, every day. Yeah. So we can do this. We can do this. If everybody's listening, there's, um, you can go to the website, www.legion.org, and you can find one of the posts near you. If the posts are anything like ours, they would love to get anything from you that can help do this. And I, I think if we just did this one thing, we can make a real impact. I love it. Thanks for, thank you for, for doing this, Radina. Really appreciate it. Uh, and I bet Troy does as well. Mm-hmm. He does such beautiful work. And so you get something out of your donation. Just go to dogtagfurniture.com and, uh, and, and buy one of those American flags. They're beautiful. Uh, Nick in Illinois, welcome to The Blaze. Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, I've been listening to you for about three years now, and I'm, I know you're a big audiophile. I've never once heard you play... A particular interview from uh, 1988 on CNN, it's got Sonia and James Brown on it. And Hmm. he is tripping absolute balls on this interview. And he is about (laughs) as... He is about as coherent and as entertaining as Al Sharpton versus the really? Michael Ziha Bilbao. <laughs> hey, that was good, man. I, I am not. I, I'm not familiar with that we'll interview, but I'll definitely check it oh, out. You have got to check it out. It's okay, so great. We will uh, appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Nick. <laughs> okay, James Brown. That's not usually a source of entertainment for us, uh, but we'll look into that for sure. Stephen, Wisconsin, you're on the blaze. You know, Keith and Pat. Hey, mm-hmm. how you guys doing? Good. <clears throat> okay. Hey, so Pat, it's Foreigner Friday, right? It's, it's <laughs> Foreigner Friday. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to tell you that I saw a Foreigner a couple years ago at a local county fair, and uh, although there's only a couple guys who've been around, you know, about twenty years or so, there's mm-hmm. no originals. They were. Awesome. I think Mick Jones is there still, and he is the original. Um, So Mick Mick Jones, the guitarist, is still there. So I think Keith was telling you a a couple months ago that they were coming to your area. Yeah, they are. Um, Do you you like the new lead singer? Is he good? He's he's awesome, and he's hilarious. No, okay. He's hilarious. Cool. So I, I just wanted to recommend that you go see him. And the other thing I wanted to say, in like my my wife's a country girl, and she had heard every single song that they've played. Like I can't believe they're not in the rock and roll rock and roll Hall of Fame because everything they've ever done has been on the radio. I know, ridiculous. <laughs> That's what I've been saying. Even the B yes. I know. <laughs> I know. Same one, same one song that hasn't been on the radio. You know what I mean? How sad so is it though that they're playing your county fair? Is that what you said? They yeah. where you saw them? 
That's kind of yeah. sad. That's a little sad. No, no, because I'm still, they're probably still hauling in 100 grand a night. I would think. Oh, yeah. Where are they playing here? Do you know? Uh, let's see. They're they playing, playing at the Toyota Music Factory, I think, in uh, July. But I'm in gonna... April, they're going to be. Uh... Oh, we should go to that. Think... The 21st of this go month? See no, July. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go see him. Pat. Yep, done deal. Go see him. I'm, I'm going to. You. I'm going to go see is, him. You know, I was. Keith, a couple Fridays ago, mentioned about international being a key word in the. Uh, uh, you know, um, Trump was. Uh, oh, man. Anyway. I, I just lost my train of thought, man. I, you guys <laughs> Dude, I was scared. I didn't know where that was going. What did I say? About the uh, you, you, you said something about uh, international being a key word in the uh, oh, Obama. You know, he won the uh, uh, peace peace uh, Nobel Peace Prize. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nobel so Prize for peace. International. You said international was a key word. I'm thinking international house of pancakes <laughs> should win because they got Belgian. <laughs> Pancakes, French toast, Canadian bacon, right? And Idaho potatoes on the same plate. <laughs> you, sir, should get the Nobel Peace Prize just for coming up with that. Nice job, Steve in Wisconsin. Thanks, I love Steve. You guys. Appreciate Thank it. You. I love you, man. It took a sec for that foreigner brain to click in, yeah. but it did. And it did. And it was worth the wait. It sure was. I want to go to IHOP <laughs> right now. Can we just can I, we just play like some Leonard Skinner uh Freebird, and we can just leave now? Yeah, if we played Freebird into Stairway to Heaven, Stairway to Heaven that'll do it. We'd be there. We're good. We'd be there. Y'all got it in there? Uh, they're looking for it right now. <laughs> uh, Dave in Ohio, welcome to the Blaze. How you doing, Pat? Hey, good. How are you? Yeah, I heard, I think earlier this week you were talking about with the uh, Alamo story where they kind of want to rewrite it a little bit. To yeah, they want to reimagine it. Mm-hmm. Oh, re That's nice. I wish we mm-hmm. could all do that with our, I wish I could do that with my past, but yeah, you really can't. <laughs> uh-huh. But basically, um, <laughs> I was going to say is for those, what, about 150 guys to face on, 5,000 guys to stand there, know, looking out the Army, that you were probably going to die that day because yeah. you're not surrendering, and to, to pretty much go through and fight the battle and died, and just to have literally guts those guys had. And I think what maybe if someone saw what was going on today, they roll in their graves for what people are like with people, oh, my God, my feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, your feelings do not superside my rights. I'm sorry. Cry and go home. Go back to your safe space and cry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I wish more people would stand up and start telling some of these off-the-wall people with some of their ideas like, yeah, no, that's working. Stop I do, too. It's not working. I know. It's just not working anymore. And another thing, too, last thing, Nancy Pelosi, is. I, I think she has Alzheimer's or something because she, she looks it's really, scary. really bad. Yeah, something's and, going on. Yeah, and I, I just really wish somebody still would throw a bucket of water on her and see what happens. But <laughs> have a good day. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> I think he suspects she'd scream, I'm melting! I'm melting! I believe that's fact. You cursed brat! Triple eight, nine hundred You know, and it's George P. Bush doing the reimagining of the Alamo. It's his plan to reimagine the Alamo and to make it more sensitive to visitors from other countries. Why, why are you going to do that? Why? That's why I voted against the guy, but I... I was in the vast minority. Yeah, I was with you, though. Did Were you? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Uh, he lost. I, I mean, the guy I voted for lost big time. Like, it, uh, George P. Bush doubled him. And I'm sure it's just because it's a, it's the name of a Bush, and that's what people went with. And they didn't, they didn't uh, pay attention to the whole, uh, he's reimagining the Alamo thing, because I wouldn't think Texans would stand for that. I mean, 
seriously, did that story just not get enough traction? I don't people, know. Because I if don't people know. knew. You would think if Texans knew they wanted to change the history that's being taught at the Alamo and make it softer for the Mexicans who show up, mm-hmm. you would think they'd be a little pissed off about that. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let me tell you about something great that you can have in your life. Um, and when you add it to a simple plan like diet and exercise, none of us want to hear that because I, I hate to exercise and I hate to diet. But if you add to that Riduzone, you'll you'll add a uh, huge boost to be healthier. This supplement can really help you. It's a safe, natural, FDA-acknowledged new dietary supplement to support healthy weight. Riduzone was launched by a local company. They took the good stuff in olive oil, and they created a patented product containing OEA that has been shown to boost metabolism and reduce your appetite, and it helps you burn fat, too. So with proper nutrition, a little bit of exercise, Riduzone can help you lose the weight. And even more importantly, maybe, uh, and harder to do, keep that weight off. A lot of people can lose 30 pounds and then gain it right back, Jeffy. Uh, A lot of people can lose 100 pounds and then gain it right back, Jeffy. Uh, But Sarah in our office, who hosts the news and why it matters, I mean, you would never guess that she was 100 pounds heavier, and yet she was. But now she takes Riduzone, and she says it helps her control her appetite, and she doesn't think about food all day. Plus, it'll boost your metabolism, too, and helps you burn fat. So go to Riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. Riduzone.com. Use the promo code PAT and get 30% off a three-month supply. Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. We had uh, got a tip. We got a tip on some great audio. Okay. And we found the audio from 1988. It's a James Brown interview. He's answering some charges against him. I don't know. I don't know if this is the domestic violence thing. I think so. Okay. Keep in mind, it's uh, 1988. So things were quite a bit different 30 years ago. Quite a bit different. Okay. Right now, he would be barbecued and his career would be over, right? Just on just on the charge, yeah. Let alone whether he did it or not. So, so we haven't heard this. We have no we, idea. We have no idea how good this is. He might just say, "Jump back on your good foot, kiss myself." Hi. He, he might just say that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll see. These are charges that Brown denies. He was released yesterday on $15,000 bond. He joins us he from Looks Atlanta good. to discuss the charges, and we welcome you, James Brown. How did all of this trouble begin? Living in America. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong. Nothing wrong at all? You're not there's, in any difficulty, but you're out wrong. on bond. No, I'm not. Wait, what? Have all the charges been dropped? Yeah, I'm out of love. Well, are you out on love or out of love? Which is it? Out on love. Out on night tonight, you find me. Now, James, this isn't the first time you and your wife have had a problem. Are the two of you going to be able to work this out? Let's talk about some music. 
You want to talk about music, and you don't want to talk about what happened. No, it's all over. Well, let's talk about your tour. When are you leaving? We're leaving tomorrow. And where are you going? Rio de Janeiro and Sao Paulo. Brazil. Now, your, your fans will have read all about this, James. Aren't you concerned about no, that? No, you No. Wait, what? I'm, I'm, I'm concerned because there's nothing wrong. <laughs> and what are you going to say to your fans when they ask you some questions about it? I'm going to say, I feel good. <laughs> I feel good. I've got a brand new bag. It's a man's world. Well, that's the second time we've heard that in two days. That's very interesting. Now, don't leave us, James. Wow. You stay right there. We have more that we have something. to talk about. Wow. Well, tell us a little bit about what you're going to be Hello, doing Dad. on this tour. Uh, what are you going to be doing on this tour? I'm going to be doing you... Papa's Got a Brand New Bag, Living in America, Sex Machine, Get Up Off of That Thing. <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> Man, oh man! Did you catch that? He yelled because uh, it's on CNN. Did you see him? Hello, Ted. He was yelling at Ted Turner. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That is good stuff. Thanks for I the mean, tip. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, that may become a permanent part of yeah. uh, the Pat Gray Unleashed. Program. I've already begun Monday's <laughs> prep. That is in it. <laughs> that's awesome. He just about that is about what he did. Jump back! I'm a good foot. Kiss myself. Ah! That's about what he did. Exactly what he did. <laughs> he just avoided everything she wanted to talk about. <laughs> Let's talk about the music. <laughs> <You know. laughs> uh, also, this weekend, we cannot forget the O.J. Simpson show. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is unbelievable. Yeah, I got to see that. It's been, it's been tabled for 20 years. Well, not 20 years. Because they did the, I guess they, they did the interview in 06 or 07? 2006. Okay, so in 2006, they did the show uh, that was based on the book. If I did it, here's how I did it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he explains it and he starts talking first person and he's talking about all his. I remember when uh, Charlie came over. Let me see. I I have that section. Listen to this. And you tell me this isn't pretty compelling. And you you got to see this on Sunday night at 7 o'clock Central. And you write in the book, now picture this and keep in mind that this is purely hypothetical. 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 Yes. Why don't okay, you tell me hypothetical. what All might right. have happened on the night of June 12, mm. 1994. <laughs> and let's just walk yeah. through the night. I, well, first of all, this is very difficult for me to do this. Sure, uh, sure. Very it is. difficult for Juice. me because it's hypothetical. Because I yeah. know and I accept the fact that people are going to feel whatever way they're going to feel. It's difficult for him to do because he can't keep it hypothetical. <laughs> That's why it's so difficult for him to do because it's supposedly hypothetical, but it's actually what happened. So, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, they're uh, gonna, uh, mm-hmm. um, um, they're gonna think you know, whatever, some, they, you know, whatever, 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 whatever they want to feel. Yeah, whatever they want. In the book, the hypothetical sure. is uh, is uh, Charlie uh, pulls out. Charlie <laughs> came by and mentioned something mm-hmm. about what was going on at uh, her house. This guy, Charlie, shows up, the guy yeah. who I had recently become friends with, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, I don't know why you had been by Nicole's house, but, but that pissed you, off. you wouldn't believe what's going on over there. Over there. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking, well, whatever's going on over there has got to stop. <laughs> and he remembers thinking, and I remember thinking, well, whatever's going on there has got to stop. Wow. And he went over, it sounds like, uh, he and Charlie, and made it stop by almost slicing her head off. So, yeah, he... he. I mean, I, they keep saying, they promote this by, uh, is it a confession you decide? Wow. I mean, just that sounds like a confession, doesn't it? 
Uh, yeah. I, I'm excited to see this thing because this has been dragging on for a really long time. And uh, it'll be interesting to see him talk about this in this way. Uh, I can't imagine that the Goldmans are going to be happy about this. I, I don't know. It's, it's amazing that Fred Goldman hasn't been everywhere talking about this this week because that's who stopped it last time. The Goldmans started talking about it and saying, no, this guy's going to benefit from this? No. Plus, any of the proceeds that he gets from anything is supposed to go to them, except for his NFL pension. His pension is the only thing they can't touch, but everything else is supposed to go to them because he owes him $37 million. $37 million. 888 uh, also, I know what the other thing I wanted to play before we get out of here is the uh, Parkland de- deputy who told officers to stay away. Uh, this is interesting stuff because the deputy says that they weren't told to stay out, but apparently they were. Here's that audio, at least from the, uh, no, the, so the Parkland deputy, deputy, right? No, the deputy says that, yeah, he was he trained was to do that yeah. because the, the shooting was outside. Right. But he he has conflicted himself on the recordings because he he admits the shooting's inside. Here's okay. I guess we seventeen Juliet three. Just told I didn't read it. Seventeen Bravo three. Seventeen Bravo four. Here it is. We have possible. I think we got shots fired. Possible shots fired. Twelve hundred buildings. Attention all units now working this signal thirty three. Go to Bravo channel for regular traffic. Some sort of state. They thought it was firecrackers that went out sure by the football field. That's pretty compelling. We'll play the rest on Monday because uh, uh, that's amazing. There's just some amazing details uh, coming out about this now, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit deeper. A little bit deeper on Monday. Have a great weekend. Don't forget your set your clock ahead. Stake an hour. We lose an hour of sleep. Uncool. Saturday night. See you Monday. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.